Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Yo, kids. It's time... I don't know why I do that. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, it's time for Tuesday Night Jaw with me, Jim Smallman, and my guests. I'm doing it really rapid introductions. Don't leave. Get back here. Um, and my guests for this very special list edition, um, Matthew Richards. Hi. Wow, that's really, really weird. What? You have never just said my name. No, sometimes I want to. <laughs> I mean, we'll get to all the bread-related shit in a bit, to be honest. See, that, that's like just psychological warfare. I just yeah. feel like you're setting me up because you know, you know you've put me for hell. Three hours in, mate, I'm going to just unleash a beast. <laughs> um, I'm not. Um, and, and Christopher Brooker. Hello. Hello. Formal and yet efficient today. Yeah. We're, a lot have to you had through. complaints? No, I've just got I've got a lot to get through. So I'm going to do some plugs. I'm going to let you kids plug some stuff, and then we're going to get on with the show. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so uh, first of all, we're on the Distraction Pieces Network. Check out every podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network uh, because they're all great, and we love them dearly. Um, that's point one. Uh, point two, uh, my website, jimsmallman.com. Uh, I've got a show to download on there for $5 and I've got all my gigs coming up and all that jazz and a blog and some videos and things like that. Um, and then, this is the most important plug today, um, progresswrestling.com, demand-progress.com. Uh, this is underscore progress on Twitter. Um, we're recording this on Tuesday evening. This will be up by a very late Tuesday night, very early Wednesday morning. If you're listening to this on the way to work on Wednesday morning at noon on Wednesday um, progress making a bit of an announcement and about more, more to something. The, more to the point as well, if you're listening to this on the way to work, we're all still in bed. Yeah, I won't be, I've got a baby. Um, Matthew and I are still in bed. Together, like Morecambe and Wise. Absolutely, we've got little matching nighties <laughs> and, and caps and everything. And Bert and Ernie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I mean, Bert and Ernie's is really easy to imagine that with you. But if we did the Morecambe and Wise breakfast sketch, Matt would have to wear a hazmat suit. Yes, he would. So much, so much... So much grain. Um, so yeah, noon on Wednesday. Um, check us out on social media. We're announcing something. Uh, and if you're coming to Super Strong Style 16, not this weekend, the weekend after, then we're doing a live podcast. Um, Chris isn't around because he's busy. Uh, Matthew is around, so we'll be yeah. joining me and my business partner, Glenn Joseph, on the Sunday evening. You can buy tickets via progresswrestling.com. I think tickets are £6. Even if you're not coming to Super Strong Style 16 and you want to come to the Electric Ballroom and come to the live Tuesday night jaw, you can. It'll be me and Glenn and Matthew and probably some wrestlers 
and a big old Q&A and all kinds of shenanigans. It's mainly just going to be swearing and people throwing bread at Matt. But don't, you know, don't don't stress about that yet. We'll give out we'll give out bags of slightly stale bread on the door. Um, but yeah, so come to that. So that's progresswrestling.com. Get tickets for the Sunday night of Super Strong Style 16, the live Tuesday night Joe podcast, but noon tomorrow. Um, bit of an announcement. I'm not going to say anything more about that. Um, you guys plug some things. Matthew, plug a thing. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, Twitter handle is mrichardshost. Uh, this Friday, I will be at Fight Club Pro, and we've just announced, literally as we're recording this, that we have got a bigger warehouse slash wrestle house as chris inexplicably rustles behind me while i'm doing my plugs um <laughs> unprofessional uh, yeah we've got a bigger room uh we've already sold out but i imagine probably more tickets going on uh check it out go on twitter go and find fight club pro come and get involved it'll be awesome uh i'm also doing commentary at super strong style weekend as well as doing the podcast so i'm super excited about that because i get to fanboy over flamita sick uh, and I will be doing Insomnia Island as well for multiplayer at the beginning of June. So I'm actually really excited about that because I love Ireland, I love Irish people, and I don't mind a drink, but I can't drink Guinness anymore. Oh, um, is it because it's got wheat in it? Yes. Well, it's like barley. Wow. Um, who's your favourite member of Bewitched? I don't know their names. But it's the one with like the dark curly hair. Uh, the, the, quite... the Greek girl. Yeah, and is, is she? Is what? she? Whoa, 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 whoa! She's Greek. Yeah, she's got. Well, she's got. She's Irish, but she's of yeah. Greek descent. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure she's the one that says, "If I like your dad." All right. Okay. Um, my uh, my wife used to be a childminder. Uh, she used to. I, I'm certain she used to look after one of the twins' kids. I once gigged with one of the twins. I know a pair of twins. Really? Yeah. I mean, when you say gig, you mean performed. You didn't. You didn't blame. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, they, they <laughs> were the crowd wasn't getting into what we were doing, and it turns out that fighting like her dad is a lot more hardcore than I realised. <laughs> dad at Sushi Anita. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, have you not seen at the end of every every Bewitched concert they just do this promo where they just cry and cry, <laughs> slap each other. Yeah, they, they, they're supposed to be retiring, but keeps coming back. Um, niche jokes good good plugs Matt good plugs efficient I liked them good, good. work thanks mate I'm happy to help um, <laughs> Christopher do your plugs in as efficient a manner as Matthew Richards just did well I'll have to put on a cod German accent to be truly efficient won't I yes the future shock wrestling is this Sunday and we have the main event for all time the two big men they are the Tyson T-Bone and Rampage Brown they will do the fight Buy the tickets, not many left. Futureshockwrestling.co.uk mm. <laughs> Good. We have peaked. Yeah. Um, well, um, well, we haven't because, <laughs> it, because it's three of us. And, and what we're going to do today, guys, is we're going to list our ten favourite matches of all time. Each of us. Mm-hmm. We're going to list them. We're going to argue about our lists. Some matches will cross over. I have no doubt about that whatsoever. Me and you more than him, because he's going to deliberately hipster dickheaders. Oh, I mean, he's... I'm already... list is going to be... Or, or am I going to go completely the opposite? Ooh. Number one, Hogan Andre. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's it. <laughs> Damn it. Matthew, I cannot notice. These are the last ten matches you watched, yeah. including all seven from Progress on Sunday. Yeah. Well, no, because, of course, there are rules, like normal. You can't use the same wrestler twice in your top ten. You cannot... Uh, probably should have paid attention yeah, to those rules, Yeah, you should have paid attention to these rules. You cannot choose the same wrestler twice in your top ten. 
You cannot choose two matches from the same show slash card, however you want to describe it. Um, now Matthew, now Matthew, now Christopher is panicking. No, you actually, yeah, yeah, actually, you know what? I may well have followed them without following them. If that makes sense, I think I managed to pull it off. Because it's like if you make it. The reason I do these rules is like if you make a mixtape, right? <laughs> you make a mixtape. You don't have more than one song by each artist on there. And <sighs> do you, what, do you, you know, know what? Do you know the worst? Do you know the worst thing about that is? It's exactly the kind of mentality I had when I was putting this together. Yeah, yeah. And this yeah. is why we and you are mates. I know, and I don't want to be mates with you because I absolutely hate I everything about you. We hate each other's guts, but yeah, we're really good friends. Yeah, it's horrible. We're, that, we're, we're, very much, we're very much a Hollywood cop buddy drama. Also, also I just want to say at this point, because I, I don't know if you guys went through this, like... Um, if you're the kind of person that goes to wrestling shows and uh, rates things out of stars and stuff, I want to say, first of all, I have a newfound respect for you. Also, why the fuck do you do that for fun? This is the most stressful and hideous <laughs> thing I have ever done. I literally spent all of last night like getting upset about fucking matches like and then remembering stuff and then going oh but then like oh but d- does that fit into to what i want you know be telling is it am i am i, am I going for narrative on, am i going for spots am i going for come here it's, right. it's ridiculous i mean i feel it's your ridiculous. pain because it's similar for me um because i spent 10 minutes doing this earlier and it was one of the hardest 10 minutes i've spent today <laughs> you have no idea the stress i, I was spent through. um i spent Three hours doing this, yeah. Just because I wanted, it. and the, once I got the ten matches, it was it was narrowing it down to ten because mm-hmm. I reckon I've got thirty matches I really properly love. Mm. And at one point, I had to I had my headphones on because my wife and the baby were, were, were in the room. Um, and I said, I said to my wife, I said, "Can you remember any matches that I've forced you to watch because <laughs> I think they're great?" And mm. she listed a few, and I went, "Oh, good, good reminders." Excellent. So I have got, and what we'll do is we'll all do what we'll do is we'll all do a number ten. Yep. And we'll do a number nine, and so on. Yeah, cool. um, before we get to that, though, mm-hmm. um, we do have to do a pun game. Yes. Um, uh, and I pre-warned you about the pun game you did. today. Um, so we are going to do a pun game, which is is wrestling video games. Mm-hmm. It popped in, into my head earlier on because I, I thought of a really niche one. <laughs> and then I was really proud of it. And I thought, well, I'm just going to make the boys do this. The niche one I thought up Go on. was <laughs> now, Sonic it- the Hedgehog Wild. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Oh cool. my god, that's really good. It's the worst WCW. Yeah, yeah, that's why I appreciate it. They did a terrible it. one for free in front of bikers because Eric Bischoff loved it, and then did another one. Yeah, well, they did one on a beach as well. Oh. Bash at the Beach '95, mm. and in the very first match, which was Renegade versus Paul Orndorff. I'm in. Orndorff reached down, grabbed a handful of sand, and threw it in Renegade's face. And I swear, if you listen carefully, you can hear the rest of the locker room going, fuck's sake. Well, <laughs> funny you should say that, Chris, because that match is number six <laughs> on my list. Um, so, um, any... Um, yes, go yes. Um, I've got a very nice, simple one, which I thought of when I was on the toilet. We didn't want the origin no, story. No, this, no. this has become like our tune. I know, right? Um, Marrow 64. Nice. Simple. I have a, a more convoluted and complicated one. Metal Gear Solid, Jake the Snake Eater. Well, that's pretty good. See, I'd got a Metal Gear Solid one. Go on. Um, but it's nowhere near as good as that. Um, I'd got Heavy Metal Gear Solid. I, I had that thought. I, yeah. The Mexican wrestler. Have yeah. You got, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So On that. I've got another one. Yeah. Streets of Brian Cage. 
<laughs> you knew I was going to be good at this. You started well. You knew I was going to be good. I've, I've just gone in a loop around Resident Evil. <laughs> good. good. That's good. Toe Jam and Earl Bobby Eaton. Good. good. Um, awesome Kong Country. Nice. Um, you're going to have to let me unleash a few in a Go row on. here. Go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pokemon Gold Dust. Pokemon Silver King. Pokemon Amazing Red, Pokemon Blue Meanie, Pokemon Yellow Dog, Pokemon Simon Diamond, Pokemon Ruby Riot, Pokemon Emerald Flosion, Pokemon Tyler Black, Pokemon Kerwin White. Good night, everybody. Hang on a minute. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Pokemon Ember Moon. Oh, nice. Good work. Thank you. Good work, mate. That's completed the set. Um, uh, George the Animal Steel Crossing. Oh, that's good. Well done, mate. Well done. Um... Uh, Grand Theft Auto Vance. <laughs> oh, that was a uh, really niche one. That's good. That's good. All I could just think of oh, is, is... Watchdog Jesse James. Nice. That's good. Nice. Stop sounding so patronising at the end. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, well done you. Yeah, uh, Call of Duty Alistair Black Ops. Mm-hmm. Doom. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you good night. Good night. We're done. <laughs> good night, everybody. Um... Uh, Adrian Street Fighter 2. Oh, that's good. That's good. I, I was trying to think of a street one. That's good. Uh, Dead Terror Rising. Oh, that's really good. That's really <laughs> the good. The Curse of Crazy Monkey Jun Kasai Island. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> that is fucking tremendous, mate. <laughs> I don't even know where that name came from. I've never watched any of his matches, but clearly I've he, absorbed it he somewhere. Weirdly, he was in a. I think he was in a Super in Jacob. At one point, he's a hardcore wrestler, but yeah. um, Tamatonga Gotchi. Oh, very good. That's not really a game, though, is it? That's more of a this handheld. Is my electronic. favorite one, I can't handheld believe. electronic device. Uh, Yoshi Hashi's Woolly World. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of that. That's actually really, really good. Um, uh, we fit Finley. Oh, good, good. Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Altered Beast Incarnate, which was one of the shitter ones I came Yeah, with. that's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like bless Beast. you. I like Altered Beast for the sample at the beginning of it, where a man just goes, Welcome Ooh. to your doom. How about this one? Brock Band. Nice. Or oh, Guitar Chris Hero. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> this is great. I mean, this is... Yeah. Gran Namiwa Turismo. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Niche as fuck. I think what we need to do is go. It, it's niche to the power of niche if you can get the nichest possible game. Taka Touring Cars. Oh, nice. Nice. Simple. How about this one? Onimusha Samuels. Oh, that's good. <laughs> fucking hell. That's really good. Uh, NBA Jimmy Jam. <laughs> <laughs> well, Look, you fuckers have gotten. I mean, if you want to tweet us, at yeah. Jim Smallman, hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw, there's going to be nothing left. No. Nothing left. Oh, I think I've got a couple left. Mr. Perfect Dark. Oh, that's good as well. Uh, Tariq, Dinosaur Hunter. Goldeseye. It's not yeah. as good. Yeah. Um, Crash Holly Bandicoot. Yeah, it's good. Um, Tony, Road Warrior Hawks, Pro Skater. <laughs> Um, do you know what this, what's great about this is is like every time you say one I think of the video game cover yeah. with the, the new person <laughs> implemented into pads, it uh, yeah. doing a half pipe yeah. Yeah. Um, the last one I got um, and it's it's more a Jet line Jet Set Chilly Willy oh nice because nice. Chilly Willy New Zealand Story Wilson nice oh my goodness that's good you're doing well yeah. I've got one now but it's just it's using the line from a song someone's theme song rather than just to make it better than just using it 
Pro Evolution is a Mystery Soccer. Nice. <laughs> yeah, mm. that's good. That's my list. I've done my list. Um, we'll, we'll pop up with them as they spontaneously come into our head throughout the show. <laughs> Call it a show. It's not a show, is it? Oh, before the show, oh yeah, uh, I'm going to try a little bit of divining. Because last night I had a Chinese takeaway. So I, all they right, gave someone's me... doing all right. Uh-huh. It's all right. I had heartburn for about 15 hours. Yeah. Now, um, so I've oh, got... Sup, jeez. Hello. <laughs> You're not allowed to walk into a this, room and go sup jeez. This is this is like watching. this is a like a terrible Wayans Brothers sitcom happening. <laughs> We're all hello, Stacey. Hi. You're looking very well. Thanks. Okay. Love you. Yeah, I'm doing good. good. Carry on. Ta-ra. Right yeah. now, um, I've got two fortune cookies here, which will predict the direction of this podcast okay. for you both. All right now. Jim, this one's for you. Okay, I've Matt, this one's for you, but I'm not going to let you handle it. Okay. I mean, I can't. No. I can touch. I can touch no, it. No, we're not. T- what if you touch your lips or your eyes? No. Look, All right, mate. Here we go. If, right. your heads, if your head swells up to twice the size of it, the size of right. a normal person. Can you sign head. this disclaimer before I give this to you? Just fucking open it. Come on. Hey. And and well done. One's green, one's red, and you haven't argued over them like we used to argue over penguins when we were kids. Because all penguins taste the same. No, they don't. They're different when you're a kid. Blue ones are oh, best. Yeah. Of course. We know now. Okay. I've got my fortune here. Okay. Right. What's it going to say? Um, well, if I'd have opened this five minutes ago, <laughs> before my wife came home, um, you'll be graced by the presence of a loved one soon. Oh. Or you could have opened it earlier before you arrived somehow. Yes. And mine is just a fragrant lie. You will be successful in your career. <laughs> Quite insulting, really, isn't it? Yeah. All the best. It right. doesn't say what your career is. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, to be fair, Matt don't know. Um, <laughs> right. Before we get to our top ten lists, mm-hmm. have any of us got honourable mentions for things that are not on theirs? Um, yeah. That they couldn't get in. Can we can we throw one in a piece, or is it like a couple? I've got, of... I've got three. You've got so, three. Okay. Three. Uh, three. I, right. I have like one, kind of one and a half. <laughs> okay. What are yours that didn't make the list? Uh, my one that didn't make the list, which is gonna, I know, is gonna upset people instantly, is Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania 12. I am a match. No, no. near mine. So no, that's, okay. that's fine. Um, only, only because it was the first like hour. Ten. Best matches of all time, in your opinion, yeah, yeah. using the rules of yeah, yeah, yeah. using the rules of no no person being in the list twice, no uh, two matches in one show. Yeah. And so, like, I'm hoping we get some different stuff, but there's going to be some stuff where we we cross over. And and what we'll probably end up doing there is whoever names it first will end up probably doing most of the talking about it, and then just skip over. To it be fair, I'm actually quietly confident that I think there's one match on my list that that we all might have. Mm-hmm. I I am certain there's. I think there's two matches on my list that cool. we'll all have. I mean, what I've done specifically, because I'm assuming we won't discuss matches twice. If no, they we'll, happen we'll, to come we'll, up. we'll scoot over I mean, I've bit. spent, I mean, half of mine is out of spite. I've deliberately tried <laughs> to pick which would be your favourite two or three matches and good, put them man. as 10, 9, 8, 7, good, 6. Good. So uh, <laughs> good we'll see work. how that plays out. Um, but, yeah. What I'll say is, um, if, if we, one of us names a match that you've got further down your list, don't say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have a poker face about it and name it later on. Okay, okay? Don't go, shit, that's my number one, because it kind of does ruin the tension of the entire podcast, guys. You know, <laughs> And that's <laughs> exactly what everyone's drama. tuning in for, tension, because that's what we're known for. Well, the this, vague, the vague sexual tension between the three of us. Is, yeah, this is why your thing. career will go well, Matthew, because <laughs> you understand the big picture. For me, the, the big thing with picking this is it's, as, as, as I didn't really understand until I had two nephews, that I have a favourite, but it changes every day based on how I feel and who's been better to me in that particular moment. 
So this this list could be different if I did it in a week or a month. Right. So I, I'm, I agree with you. My list will be vastly different in in a week. State of mind. See, and what's on your see I'm confident my list staying the same because of why I picked this off my list. So my list to me isn't the ten greatest matches in terms of five star ratings or how epic it was. Every match on this list has something to that it was something that personally affected me yeah, and, so and got me involved in wrestling so like every match on the, on the, the all 10 matches on the list have i have a story attached to them and why yeah that that's, they, that's they chose. That, and, and that is that is how it should be that's, there's yeah. no reason if we're just going to list it in the order that melts has given it five stars yeah then first of all there's more than 10 five star rated matches yeah. and we all know what number one would be yeah so there's no reason to do that um Right, honourable mentions before we get to the list. Okay, honourable mentions. Um, I had two that that just fell outside the list. Okay. One was the Heart Foundation versus Demolition from which, SummerSlam 1990. Which you probably know is one of my favourite matches of all time. It's not in my list, but it's uh, one of my favourite matches. It's a cracker, isn't it? It's two out of three falls. Oh, absolutely wonderful. Brilliant. Shenanigans are plenty. Yeah. Um, where no one went... Crush looks completely different to the other members of Demolition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, he's a foot taller. Um, and that is a good match. And Rugged Ronnie Garvin versus Greg the Hammer Valentine in a submissions-only match from Royal Rumble 1990. Which is actually is decent. That's they, all to do with the, the, the leg, the grace leg, and, leg brace. And, thing, yeah. and they slap and chop and knock the fuck out of each other in a way that you just didn't see. Yes. So it was... It was it was it felt like someone had accidentally snuck like an old-school NWA match mm. onto the bill there as well. Um, what are your... Honourable mentions. Uh, like I said, Shawn Michaels, Brett in the Iron Man, and the other one was any of the Brian Danielson versus Nigel McGuinness matches. Okay. Uh, preferably the one where they, they worked it round where um, uh, Brian was it Brian and wasn't going to hit, wasn't allowed to hit Nigel on the head. Ooh, yeah, that one. Um, yeah, and then Nigel was a complete dick about it. Mm-hmm. Um, my honourable mentions are um, Bret Hart, Steve Austin at WrestleMania 13, yeah. which is yeah. not in my top 10 despite yeah. being. Yeah, I don't know how that did. I look at it now and I don't. No, now I know. I look at what I've got. Yeah. Yeah, now I know that's what I've got. Yeah, and yeah. that's the thing is, I look at that and go, it's two of the best wrestlers ever, but they're not in my top 10. Um, and and the thing with that match is, that match is the reason that every single wrestling promoter in the world thinks they can do a double turn. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and every single wrestler thinks they should pass out in a submission hole. Yes. Yeah, that as well. Yeah, just tap out. Come on. It's not real. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn. The one, I forget Ooh, which show it, it was on. Was it the Hardcore Heaven one? It's the first one. That they oh, so the one Living, they living five, Dangerously. The one where they got the five more minutes at the end of it. Right. Yeah, Living Dangerously. Yeah. Um, and... Um, Chris Benoit versus William Regal from the Brian Pillman tribute. Show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is it's on YouTube. Um, is absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's do this. Cool. Uh, I'll start because I've got it right in front of me. Mm-hmm. My number ten is Brian Danielson versus Kenta Ring of Honor Glory by Honor Night Two, the Manhattan Center in New York. Um, ridiculously good, half an hour long match. The the last five minutes of submissions and go to sleeps and uh, and horrible elbows to the head are absolutely unbelievable um, and also this match is tremendous here's some other matches on that show okay, um, okay go on right I'm just going to give you three other matches on that show um, mm-hmm. uh, just so you can put into perspective how strong Ring of Honor was uh, at this point um, Homicide and Samoa Joe against the Briscoes Christ mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Um, the kings of wrestling, Chris Hero and Claudio Castiglioli against Austin Aries and Roderick Strong for the Ring of Honor tag titles. So good. You named your son after one of them. Correct. Um, and Nigel McGuinness versus Namichi Marufuji. No. Yeah. <laughs> terrible show. Wrong. Yeah, sounds, um, and there was weak. loads of... There was even... The, 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 the sort of first three matches were great as well, but it, it, the whole show... So what, what year was this again? Uh, uh, it's the one that I've not written the year down. I believe... I think 2005 2004 2005 I think um, but just absolutely brilliant uh, I mean, I'm going to look it up now um, mm-hmm. uh, just so I can make sure see, I get the actual see, here's, here's, an inter- here's something that occurred to me now I had a couple of ring of honor matches that nearly made it in um, primarily um, it was the Nigel McGuinness match from Liverpool not the one with yeah. Brian Danielson yeah, so yeah. you see it uh, but his match against Samoa Joe but I can't enjoy that as much anymore mm. Because I know, because they did things at the time that blew my mind. Yeah. But now I go, oh God, why are you doing that to yourself? <laughs> yes. Do you know what I mean? And and I found that with some of the stuff, there, there were certain matches that at the time I went crazy for. But now I look at it and I go, I really, I, I, I struggle to watch it knowing the legacy that match and other matches like it had on the person. Especially when it's someone like Nigel, who, who I'm now bona fide mates with. Mm. And his career, you know, argue the toss one way or another. Two thousand and six. Okay, you could argue the toss that his career was cut short by a lot of the stuff he did. Mm. Um, it's 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 it almost feels a bit like a guilty pleasure with some of those matches. The thing with this match, though, would would this be the match that sort of broke Kenta in the Western market? Yeah, because that was the time when Ring of Honor had the Noah hookup. Yeah, um, when Noah were. The hottest promotion in yeah, Japan, and yeah, not, yeah. New, not New Japan. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, because they had Marufuji and Kenta, yeah. who were absolutely and, and Marushima, Marushima yeah, yeah. as well. So, so they had they had a lot of talent. Um, and you know, it's 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 weird how cyclical Japanese wrestling is. In the yeah. you know, at the minute New Japan's still massive, and they're going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. But companies like All oh, Japan are starting to make a comeback. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, it, it's interesting times. But. I mean, the, the, that sort of mid-noughties period of Ring of Honor, this is after Punk had left, yeah. um, but that period, just everything's brilliant that Ring of Honor did. I remember watching it on the wrestling channel, yeah. and by as many, I've still got a lot of the DVDs on my shelf over there from that sort of period, and, and it's the reason why I still, I still get excited when I see guys from that era, so seeing Roderick Strong in NXT... You know, yeah. it just popped me every time. There's a reason that Joe and, and Roddy, Joe and Roddy came and Hero came to work for Progress, and it's yeah. mainly based around that period. But Incidentally, on my list, by the way, I've deliberately not chosen any Progress matches because I bang on about Progress enough. So, <laughs> you know. But they, um, it, it was such a, a, a time of growth as well. Mm. When you think of the class of 2005, 2006, especially as, as it's interesting now when you look at WWE and NXT. A lot of guys who at that point were kind of going, you know what, we'll never get signed. Let's just go out and do what we do. Mm. And the, there's been such a seismic shift of late. It's, it's funny because case. it kind of comes in like um, spits and spats because I ended up just randomly watching some Dragon Gate USA the other day. Mm-hmm. And on the show was Dean Ambrose, Akira Tozawa, Rich Swan. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. There was a few others that were like, I think um, da- Daniel might have been on there as well. But it was like, I was just going was, through. Would that been from the, the year, um, the Nexus, when he got released and then he came back? Yeah, yeah. Neville would have been on it. Neville was on yeah. it, yeah, absolutely. Um, even people like Jimmy Jacobs, who's now with WWE as well, but behind the 
as a brand. Writer, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it it it, it, it it's funny how that works because mm-hmm. I remember I remember like a lot of people would probably expect me to be hugely into Ring of Honor while I'm wearing a Danielson and Morishima t-shirt as well. It's like, but it was that time period where I went back to it, and and then not long after that time period where I kind of left again. So I remember that time period fondly as well. Um. Who wants to go next with their number ten? Should I go in? Jump yes, in. Go, Christopher. Well, we have a we have a pattern here. We're going anti-clockwise. Nice. Just to paint the uh, picture of our arrangement. No, it's clockwise. Like. Oh, it's clockwise. Yeah, but not. All right. Pretend we're in Australia. We're going anti-clockwise. <laughs> the clock's still got to. Never mind. Carry on. Okay. Number ten. My number ten. Uh, it is from King of the Ring, nineteen ninety-four, and it's Owen Hart versus the One Two Three Kid. Mm. Ooh, solid. Good. Yeah, because whenever I think about one of my favourite matches. There's a few that just pop in my head straight away, and that one always does. Mm. And for me, it, it, it's kind of uh, my list kind of started telling me a lot about myself. And again, it's that interesting. Everything's got a story. Everything's got a point. And I realised I have a very short attention span. And this is one of the best examples of the phrase. You know, a, a long match is not a good match necessarily, yeah. and a good match is not necessarily a long one. It was. I can't remember how long it went. Can't have been longer than about six minutes. It was a sprint, and it was brilliant from the. First, for me, a lot of times, a good match is about that first impact. Another Im- a member I mentioned, in fact, this is an honourable mention, Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. Yeah. The fact, for me, one of the things that got me in that match was the very first point of contact between them was that boot from the Undertaker, and you knew, wow, this is this is going to be good. When, when Owen Hart hits that baseball slide drop kick to the kid, who has already been pile-driven twice by three times by Jeff Jarrett earlier in the night, Comes out, wipes him out, dives on him. It, it, it's um, in light of conversations this week. You know, there's a lot of people going, "Well, that's no way to do a match." But in this case, it suited Owen Hart perfectly. It suited the kid. They had an amazing back and forth match. Even in and, and it never let up, especially yeah. Yeah. in the slightly more modest paced era of WWF. That and there were moments you thought the kid could do this because it would have set up potentially. Kid versus Razor Ramon in the final. Uh, yeah, which, yeah. Which would have been a very interesting match in yeah. itself. And I and I absolutely adored it. It's one of those matches as well that I like to show to people because, again, you're not taking up a load of their day. It's all action. You can tell who the good guy is, who the bad guy is, and it's great. Yeah, I agree. I've just thought of um, a quick pun, uh, mm-hmm. uh, American Dragon Quest. Good. Yeah. Yeah. More of a niche role playing game, but I've got yeah. a slime from it tattooed on my elbow. So, uh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. good, Matthew, Elder Scrolls, Big Skyrim, nice, nice, fuck it, well done, well done. Um, <laughs> yes, me number ten, bam. Uh, Travis Banks versus Pete Don from Fight Club Pro, first female of Fight Club, uh, two thousand and seventeen. Uh, I know you said that you weren't picking progress matches, but the reason I picked this match was because I also did a top ten progress matches like about two months ago, so I don't need to. All right, talk cool, about cool. It. The reason why I picked this match is because for me, this is still the best reaction I have ever been part of in wrestling, and this is my at the end of this year, going into next year, will be my fourteenth year somehow being involved with British wrestling. And I don't think I've ever been involved in a main event that had such genuine emotion. And like, it's that funny thing of the so-called purists will probably say that Trav and Pete have had 
a million times better matches in terms of mechanics and moves and stuff. But the way they put this match together, without giving away the match, because I want everyone to go and watch it, was so clever. And then the genuine outpour of emotion and and how much it meant to both guys. And this is on a show that's named after Nixon Newell, who's having her last match in in the company that, that, that arguably you know, set her on her way. So it, for me, it was just like a special moment. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's the moment more than the match, but like for me, that was just unbeatable. And this is, this is even comparison to the, the, you know, the, the dream tag team invitational weekend where, you know, I got to introduce the elite versus British strong style. I got to introduce like Penta and, and Phoenix and do all this really cool stuff. And, and, you know, I've done so many amazing stuff like for future shock. I've commentated on Jack Gallagher versus Zach Gibson. And, you know, there's so much I'm proud of, but I don't think I've ever been in a room where everyone was just in that moment. And it was just, I'm, I'm blurring a bit. Was I there for that one? I, 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 I genuinely can't remember. I genuinely, I feel like you were there on that weekend, but I feel like it was I think the day it was a before. Saturday. It might be yeah. the Saturday because that was the night. Was that the night where Nixon had the match with Martina? No, Nixon had Kaylee. a match with Kaylee Ray. If you've been affected by Alzheimer's disease, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that—that's yeah. It's um, like seriously, like again, like obviously, I'm going to be positive for companies I work for, but I genuinely believe that 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 show is just worth your time because it's such a special show and a special moment uh, and and yeah it's just it's just awesome and i was super super pleased to to do, do you know what actually it's not even to be part of it it was just to be there to like, be um, in the midst of it yeah because and and you know we've all been involved in pro wrestling shows but like a lot of creative exploits when it's going really really well it's like an out of body experience isn't it it feels like you're detached you're watching from the outside yeah, I think that's the mark of things. Oh, by the way, no Mantar Sky. Oh, nice. Okay. Anytime. Good. Nice. Anytime. Um, no big boss man Sky. <laughs> <laughs> no cry. <laughs> <laughs> right. My number nine. Uh, my number nine is from Dragon Gate uh, in Japan. It's Dragon Gate Dead or Alive 2014, which is the 5th of May. Yeah. Uh, it's on Aichi, Japan. Um, it's for the Open the Brave Gate Championship, which was Flamita defending against Jimmy Susumu. And that is the first match I watched where someone said to me, I remember reading, I was reading um, uh, a book by uh, a wrestling writer called Arnold Furious, who comes to progress shows, who I really respect and really like. And uh, he writes for Mania and has books on Amazon and stuff. And he wrote a couple of books about just watching um, a year's worth of Japanese wrestling. And they're really good books. They're called Big Arms Pro Wrestler Adventures, in case you want to look them up on Amazon. Brilliant name. And they're brilliant, genuinely brilliant a couple name. of quid. They're really worth your time. And I remember reading this review of this Dragon Gate show, and he likes Dragon Gate, and I'm reading through it. And I'm reading it thinking, he did what? Like, what? You know when you read a review of something, you're like, he, he, what? How can, you, how can you jump off from the apron over the ropes onto the second rope and then do a 450 splash. How? How? How is that possible? So I, I, I went and found it and watched it online and it is... Oh my good God. Um, this is why this is why Flamita is in super strong style because from that point onwards it was one of those I sent the match to John, I sent the match to Glenn and went, guys, 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 look, look, look at... Look at this man. He's unbelievable. And this is about a year ago. And we started thinking, maybe we'll get him for Super Strong Star next year. Um, because he's never wrestled in the UK. 
Um, Jimmy Shizuma is also great because he's bigger than mm. Flamita, so he just throws him around. <laughs> but Flamita, despite being small because he's a luchador, um, has nuts moves. Like he does a muscle buster, muscle buster lung blower on a man bigger than him yeah. in this match. <laughs> it's uh, and it, it's not. It, I'm making it sound like it's spot spots, but it isn't. There's loads of psychology in there. The, the whole story of the match is Flamita's dead quick, um, but not as strong as Susumu. Susumu's slower than Flamita, but stronger than him. So it's the, there is a proper clash of styles, and it's the crowd are so into it. Dragon Gate crowds, and Matthew Webber back me up on this, Dragon Gate mm. crowds are younger than normal crowds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, 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 they're a lot of women as well, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird the, how it's aimed. In Japan is very different to how mm-hmm. New Japan's aimed. New, New Japan is aimed at, you know, it's aimed at forty somethings. You yeah, know, it, it, it's like me, <laughs> uh, nearly, and you. Actually, actually yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and and, Matthew and, and me in Seoul. Uh, yeah, and Ma- yeah, Matthew just. If anything, you're a bit too old for them in Seoul. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so yes, yeah, the whole, the whole concept of Dragon Gate is odd, and that's one of the reasons why it's so fast. So, if you've ever seen the. The, the Dragon Gate six man match that's yeah. in, on Ring of, uh, Ring of Honor show back in I think two thousand nine. Yeah, the one where you check your DVD it's, to make sure it's, it's playing at the right. Yeah, screen. it's it's the one that Meltzer went nuts yeah, for. Yeah, gave it five stars. Yeah. And, it, and it's and it's just it's just all out, and the, the how fast people in Dragon Gate run is terrifying. The thing you've got to remember about Dragon Gate and Toramon is that it's not a Japanese wrestling company, it's a Mexican wrestling company because yeah. of Ultimo Dragon and Skyder originally, that basically the old classes in Toramon, you'd graduate in Mexico and then go to Japan to wrestle. Yes. So it's more of a lucha promotion than it is a... Uh, but it's, it's not like lucha though. It's, it's Jack so no, no, no. It's that but Jack it's, lucha thing which yeah. started with Michinoku Pro. Yeah, yeah. But well, do you remember that, the Mission Crew Pro is uh, match in ECW? Yeah, that yeah, yeah. But, the, but that, that, that's the thing, it's the same guys behind it because is involved in it and then you've got Grand Hamada and then you've got sort of like Sasuke as well and like a few others. And it's that it was that sort of movement. But the thing with Toramon was as well was actually because Ultimo Dragon was in WCW at the time, he stole a lot of westernized stuff. So there's a lot of running, a lot of runnings and shenanigans and like the philosophy that there is, they're all in factions and groups, but there's always one main bad guy faction yep. and they are the baddest of bad and they have the best stable names ever yes um, I love the fact that at the minute in Dragon Gate there's a, um, uh, it might not mean necessarily at the minute because I'm not massively caught up on it but certainly a couple of years ago there was a stable called Millennials Oh, they've split up now. Which is yeah. exactly what I hate about the world. But, they, so. <laughs> but the, the funny thing about the millennials was they were all that age, but then their gimmick was that they all had Mexican gimmicks. So that's where Yoshiki Santa Maria came from, who's mm-hmm. an exotica, who's a guy that dresses as a girl. That's what Flamita's first group was in. Yep. Um, and they all had Mexican-influenced gimmicks, which is just weird and Dragon Gate it, so. it's I went to a Dragon Gate show in Miami in 2012 when we were out at Wrestlemania and and watched people like BB Hulk and stuff like that mm. and, it, and it and and that was a great show and mm. I really 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 first time I met Akira Tozawa as well and, and it, I really many blonde women I really really enjoyed <laughs> watching that just because the pace of it is, it's nuts if you watch someone like Will Ospreay wrestle Will Ospreay is not traditional New Japan no Will Ospreay and Ibushi as well mm-hmm. are that and again it's not a Dragon Gate style but it's the style that suits mm-hmm. uh, it, you know it, you, there's a definite market for that in Japan but it's so weird that there's no real crossover they're, 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 they're kind of like the Avengers of the Japanese wrestling world in yeah. the sense that it's just a spectacle yeah. and you just just kind of you know 
there's a dude throwing a shield around and there's a big green guy and whatever and you kind of go eh it's still really good fun yeah, yeah. it is it's, it's great but that match that match wouldn't have been out of place in New Japan just based no. on how how it was put together and if you can find it um, it was on YouTube for a bit and it's not anymore because I checked earlier on um, so you know buy it legally through um, Dragon Gate's website and, and watch it so it's on Dead or Alive 2014 uh, the, which the is th- a great show in general full stop mm. the thing about Flamita as well is, is I remember when you said you, you told me he does this mm. and everyone does that well how does someone do it then you watch it and you're still not sure yeah you see it happens but you don't know exactly how so as a, as a, as a Torum on the, the reason why I love this match and this is why I'm smiling when you're telling me about it is um, Jimmy Susumu uh, um, used to have a rivalry with Dragon Kid and Flamita reminds me of early, early Dragon Kid in the sense of how are you doing that? Because Dragon Kid was the first person who used to do the, the somersault, the Dragon Runner, the, the Dragon Runner, which yeah. um, is, is in some wrestling video games. Yeah, no mercy, um, wonderful. But here, you have to unlock it. Here comes you the pain. It. It's in here comes the yeah. pain. Um, Christopher, what's your number nine? Uh, Heyman, Raving Rabbids. Good work. Thank you. What's nine. That's why I glaze when you're talking about Japanese wrestling. It's not, yeah. just, it's not because you just talk about stuff I don't understand. It's because I'm literally going through every video game I've ever played or heard of. Um, number nine. Um, and this might be in many ways the most hipsterish one. Because if you want to watch it, you can't. You yeah. physically cannot watch this. And the reason being is because... George Hackenschmidt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was me and uh, Matt Soul. We went together to the, uh, to the uh, Coliseum. No, because this, um, to my knowledge, was not filmed. Okay. And it also shows, it, to me, it goes how many of these amazing matches must have happened at the time and have been lost forever. It was 1995, it's the Colston Hall in Bristol, and I was lucky enough to see Robbie Brookside and Dave Taylor versus Vic Finley and Doc Dean in a best out of three falls tag team match that was absolutely fantastic. And considering then, it's one of those things, even at the time, I knew it was brilliant, and I really enjoyed it. I was on the edge of my seat throughout. But even and now looking back, going, I wish I could have gone back and said, "Don't even blink. Don't <laughs> waste a moment. Let your eyes dry out. I don't care. Just just don't miss a moment of this because the four of them, especially because you, you had the the dynamic in there of, of I'll, I'll have to basically tell you about the match because no one yeah. can watch it. And yeah, most yeah, people, yeah. I'll guarantee no one listening to this has seen it. Because no one else was there. If you were, hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw. Yeah. Um, although you're probably from Bristol, so go to the village computer to use it. Now, um, <laughs> sorry, people of Bristol. That's Christo- right. Christopher Brooker's uh, opinion does not reflect the general opinion of Tuesday Night Jaw that they say out loud. Now, um, <laughs> but um, it, it's one of those ones. At the time, the story was the former Liverpool lads, Robbie Brookside and Doc Dean, who'd split up and had this blood feud where they'd be beating each other up, and Fit Fenley had just returned to the area just to come to the UK from wrestling overseas he was someone I recognised from watching back in the day on TV and World of Sport um, and they'd had a singles match the, the month before that Finlay had won in a shoddy manner typically so and it meant that they had a chance to renew these old rivalries you had Dave Taylor and Finlay had all kinds of stuff so you had basically four of the best wrestlers in the country and arguably four that will stand up in the best of all mm-hmm. time somewhere on the list and they just they just went out there. They had a great match. You wanted to see Robbie get his mitts on Doc Dean. You wanted to see them beaten up. They they beat the life out of Robbie, kept him away from Dave. And when Dave came in, threw everyone around. I can't even remember who won. 
<laughs> genuinely, I can't remember who won. I I think it was the I think it was the uh, the bad guys, the villainous team. But I don't remember. All I remember is it's one of the best matches I've ever seen in person. How old were you in 1995? I would have been. Nineteen. So not a kid. So not a child. You definitely no. remember this vividly. I remember yeah. it vividly. I remember where I was sat. I remember that the Colson Hall was interesting because it was the ring was set up in front of the stage. Um, I had a lot of fond, fond memories of going to the Colson Hall back in the day. Even even seeing like like um, oh god, Hiroshi Tenzan was over for a uh, while. Amazing. So he, With he was with menacing Moto as they called him, having a a crash helmet match. <laughs> Yeah, classic all star. But it, yeah, and it, it, it's amazing the superflies, the knights, the Power Rangers, bless their hearts. <laughs> uh, and, and just, I even saw, I'm fairly sure, Marty Jones and Giant Haystacks once. Wow. Nice. So it's, and, and seeing a lot of these guys pop up in WCW two years later was like, oh my God, look, it's, it's Finlay and Dave Taylor and Giant Haystacks. It was, it was a really, every month go to Colston Hall in Bristol, it was fantastic. Um, Prince, Tickets were a fiver. Uh, Prince Devitt of Persia. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, I'll, yeah. Accept that. I'll, I'll take it. Mm. Uh, and also Grim Fandango. Nice. Um, yes, that's good. Matthew, your number nine. Uh, my number nine is the Rockers versus the Brainbusters from the 23rd Ooh. of January 1989 yes. on a Madison Square Garden show. Uh, the show is actually available through WWE's official YouTube channel in full for free. Uh, the reason why I love this match is, I did, guess what, I didn't watch this in 1989 because I was one. Um, I actually watched this like when I was still wrestling. Um, yeah. And... The reason why uh, the reason why it stuck out for me was uh, I was predominantly a tag team wrestler, um, and it, I think this match was actually on Shawn Michaels' um, Heartbreak and Triumph DVD. I, I have seen the match, so I am yeah. familiar with the the match you refer to, sir. Um, so yeah, I think that was the first time I ever saw it, and it just like blew my mind in terms of how to put a tag team wrestling match together. Yeah. Um, and, and the Brainbusters, who. Um were just absolutely utterly tremendous. Yeah, and 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 it's 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 funny because it, the 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 match stands out for me in the sense that if I was if I was a kid watching this match, I'd I'd absolutely worship the ground the Rockers mm. walk on. But for me, I took away just how talented the Brainbusters were. But what's really funny is um me and Sam Bailey, who used to be my tag team partner. We basically stole this match a million times over, including <laughs> the double suplex onto your feet, double super kick. Um, we once did it on the show, and as the the two guys fell out of the ring, me and Bailey looked at each other and just shouted, "We're the fucking rockers," <laughs> um, which is still one of my favourite moments between us. But um, it's just, it's just brilliant. It's just pure joy to watch and like it's such a brilliant lesson if you want to be a tag team wrestler if you if you if you if you are a bad guy and want to be a bad guy watch Tully and Arn if you want to be the babiest of baby faces in the world Tully and Arn have been reincarnated as the revival like, yeah. yeah absolutely and like even even like and they're not dead for the record no 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 <laughs> but, um, Tully as well it's an interesting one because one of the first the first actual WWF VHS I borrowed was Survivor Series 88 and it started with that frankly ludicrous 
of a ten, tag team, ten team, team el- yeah. elimination. Which is great. Because it can keep the door. A lot of it passed me by at that point. But the thing about Arn and Tully is you got who they were. Tully in particular. Yeah. Because Arn was the one, the clean up guy, and Tully was the snivelling prick who would come in if the guy was down and, and didn't want to... Watching him try and avoid the powers of pain, <laughs> trying to avoid getting in the ring with anyone bigger than him. Everyone should watch Tully Blanchard against Magnum TA in a cage as well with the whole um, wooden spike in the eye yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. Um, uh, a very underrated man. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. And I, and I do think there's contract issues that stopped the Brainbusters from being in WWE for long, wasn't it? Because they weren't there for long. Yeah. That, there, that, there was that, other stuff There was other well. stuff. And, <laughs> um, allegedly. Um, so, to number eight. My number eight, more modern. Uh, January the 4th, 2016, in the Tokyo Dome, New Japan, Wrestle Kingdom 10, Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles. Mm. Um, the first match where I really decided I loved AJ Styles, I always appreciated him. I've said this on the podcast before, wasn't a huge AJ Styles fan, partly because I've not watched a ton of TNA, partly because when he was in Ring of Honor, there was people in Ring of Honor I preferred. Um, now, I appreciate at what a god of wrestling he is, and I'm sorry for not loving him before. Um, so AJ, if you're, if you're listening, you can relax now. Yeah, and also, let's not forget, this match is quite significant, because they both handed their notice in mm. right before the match. So <laughs> on their way out, they'd gone, uh, we're both leaving, see ya. Because AJ debuted in the Rumble mm. about 20 days later, and Nakamura turned up on NXT. Um Everything about the match, the little the show of respect at the end. We're talking about whole moments. The show of respect and the sort of fist bump at the end is is absolutely unbelievable um, and a, a phenomenally good match on a show full of phenomenally good matches. But for me, just it elevates the fact that they're such strong characters. AJ, when he went to New Japan and joined Bullet Club, just became gave him a massive lease of life and made him. He was all, he was already a fantastic wrestler, but it made him really interesting. To people who weren't one over like me previously, um, and Nakamura is Nakamura, so the, that and watching the match at the time, I watched it. I, watched it um, I think maybe twenty four hours after it happened, and watching the match at the time, and then and then realizing reading all the stuff on the internet and going, oh, oh, what, what? They're both going mm-hmm. to WWE. This is insane. <laughs> um, so, and then obviously the next day, you know, Edge had to be kicked out of Bullet Club because that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Don't leave any threads un- unclosed. But a great match. Um, if you haven't got New Japan World, it's worth getting. Um, get New Japan World and go back and watch their archive. They they did a press conference yesterday where they said they're going to expand what's in their archive. Oh, cool. So they have a lot of their shows from the last three or four years where they've been filming things religiously, but yeah. they haven't necessarily got the full G1 shows yeah. on there yet from, say, 15 years ago. Yeah. But they will soon. So Yeah, that's. I, I must admit that's one of the reasons why I I kind of flip-flop with, with New Japan World and having it because it doesn't quite have the back catalogue that it's I'd like it to. It's worth getting a big show coming. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely value for money if you want to watch Best Supers or G1. This, this is why, like, I don't, I think once you sign up for the WWE Network, it, I don't think, unless you, all of a sudden you've got, you've got a, a bit of a financial crisis on, mm. no one's ever going to cancel it. No, Because no, no. you're just not going to watch everything that's on there. No. Especially, I mean, but when I first, I got it the first day it came out, by uh, using an American address and <laughs> and, uh, and a, a proxy server, um, and and the first day it came out, I remember thinking, "God, there's tons here." But then I was still searching for some stuff that wasn't there. Like I wanted to watch obscure episodes of Nitro from 1997. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and but now everything's there, and it is yeah. my way of you know, if, if my wife's not here and the boys having a nap, it's like, well, "What can I watch for an hour on there?" Yeah. So, you know, things like that. 
I love it when people message me and say, I've, I've subscribed to Demand Progress, it's brilliant, I've watched everything you've ever done. I'm like, that's great, but that's a lot of content. <laughs> it's like a good, it's 250 hours worth of content, but you, you know, that's only 10 and a bit days. Someone should just go on Demand Progress and edit together every time you've said my friends. Yeah, it's deliberate. It's I know, but I want to see it all in one place to save me having to watch wrestling. I actually want some. I'm, I'm going to tweet this out. I actually want um, someone to point out the best, the funniest things I've done in the ring there, so I can make a, a compilation video of me <laughs> messing around because I love doing it, and some mm. stuff really, 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 really works. And we have like when the um, the two mums are in the front row. That's one of my favourite things I've ever done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we film them, but we don't necessarily use them. I'm not fussed, you know, I'm not, I'm not fussed about my intros and stuff in on there, but people seem to like them, so, you know, fair play. Um, so that's my number eight. What's your number eight, Christopher? Uh, dark Nesse, uh, Eternal Dark Nesse Rios. Bloody hell, mate. I know, I've been, I've been bleeding Eternal out my Dark nose. Liger. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Uh, Clash of Eternal Champions. Nice. Nice. I, I kind of got on an obscure beat-em-up track for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, man. What are we on? Number eight? Number eight. Okay. Um, and this... or, or if you're watching, if you're thinking of The Simpsons now, can anyone burp? Because I can't. No. Um, I want to do the number eight. Oh, yeah. Number eight. Number eight. <laughs> yes. a, um, a, a, a single plum. Floating in perfume. Floating in perfume. In an old man's hat. Well, we nearly had mighty number nine for uh, all three of those as well, on the number nine ones. Uh, number eight, which fits in quite nicely for me, is from NXT TakeOver Toronto, and it's DIY versus The Revival. Uh, two out of three. It's tremendous. It's out of this world. And again, it's the... Oh, question? Leisure Suit Larry Dallas. Oh, very good. <clears throat> Sorry, carry on. Larry Suit Larry Zabisco. No, oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Other Larrys are available. Um, no, they're not. <laughs> it's 2017. Um, carry on. Sorry. Uh, um, so DIY versus The Revival was... And, and every time I've thought about what I've enjoyed most over the last couple of years... Um, every show that the revival on, they've 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 come down near close to stealing the show, and whether it was Takeover London with uh, Enzo and Big Cass, whether it was their stuff with American Alpha, um, everything they do it just makes me happy. Um, their match with uh, DIY and um, SummerSlam revival last year, everything, and this was just the culmination, and it was such a good tag team match where. And I, and I say this as someone who hasn't always been a massive fan of DIY. Mm. Again, like like you said about AJ Styles, I can appreciate them, I can like what they do. But you end up, when you can, when the story of a match has you rooting for someone, and has you going, because for me, there isn't a single match ever that isn't enhanced by having someone you want to win and someone you want to lose. Yeah. Because as soon as you're not interested in the, it can be brilliant, but if you're not interested in the outcome, you'll always... You will lack that little spark, that little spark of polish, and a lot of the stuff where, where you want someone to win and someone to lose, that's, that's the exciting one. And they, they just went hammer and tongs at it. They everything. There was never a moment, and especially I think I don't know if you find this as a cynical wrestling fan in your late fifties, much like I am, um, that all it takes is one moment in a match. Sometimes to take you out of it, yeah, absolutely. something yeah. will happen. Um, and I've seen really good matches where they've just done something. And I and I I now have a magnetic eye for logic flaws. If I see someone doing something, I go, "Well, that makes no sense." 
that looks really, really fake, but you're doing it because you want to do something cool now. Mm. I just go, well, that's cool, but I'm not interested. And there was never a point in this match in particular where every time they cut Gargano or Champa off, all the way through the finishing stretch, right their way up, even the finish made sense and was as satisfying as you can get. Mm. And there was no one in that building that wasn't on their feet going, you guys deserve this. Yeah. Yeah. You deserve that yeah. win. You deserve every moment of this adulation. And they, they've they been the matches where I've consistently been on the edge of my seat for everything. The near falls, the yeah. cutoffs, the tags. Oh, it's the joy. It's why I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah that, that Genuinely, that was very nearly my number nine as well. Mm-hmm. Um, What's your number eight? Uh, my number eight is um, Prince Devitt versus Ghetto from New Japan, Kazuna Road 2013. Uh, it's the 5th of July show for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. Uh, the reason why I picked this match, because there's about a million Prince Devitt slash Finn Balor matches uh, that are phenomenal. Uh, the mental freeway between Ibushi, Loki, and himself comes to mind. Yeah, great match. Uh, countless tag team matches with him. It's uh, a really good match between him and Neville that's on YouTube. Yeah, well. yeah, it's, yeah. But that, is that one of the best of Supers Juniors? I think it is. Yeah, Neville was obviously packed. Yeah, but this, but, but for me, like the two reasons why I picked this match was was the, number one. This was the moment where I really just looked at Devitt and was like. Bloody hell, you're good. Mm. Because this was when Bullet Club was still new and fresh and just so different in New Japan. Like, for me, this was the period of time when New Japan have become the powerhouse that they became because they sort of started to do away with the old and embrace the new. Um, So this is when Devitt was super hot. Also, the story of this match is great. So the reason why this match is happening is because Devitt's the IWGP uh, Junior Heavyweight Champion, but he wants Okada's heavyweight title. As he keeps saying, he's gone through the junior division. So Okada says, well, I'll tell you what, if you defend your title, your junior heavyweight title against Ghetto, then I will give you a title shot. And what's great about this is the whole match is basically new villain versus old villain. Mm -hmm. So there's these wonderful moments where like, uh, they'll do they'll do a sequence where like uh, Bullet Club and Devitt, you know, crotch Ghetto in the corner, and then there'll be a change round, and Ghetto will do it. There's like roll ups, you know, kick outs into chair shots into other roll ups, and it's just this wonderful match, just of old villain versus new villain, and 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 again, like the outcome of the match doesn't spoil the match as an experience, um, and and it also I think it's probably the first time they ever did the moment where Devitt pointed the gun at mm. someone and like it's where Okada does the taunt, does the Rainmaker taunt in the end and Devitt does the gun on him and Okada looks down at the gun and they just lock eyes and it's like, oh, that's so fucking cool. And like, that's what I love about this match. This is like peak Devitt cool and Bullet Club cool. So yeah, I just proper love it. Um, I, th- I think it's one of these weird matches that you can't get hold of so don't think it's on the Japan world because I remember I remember trying to get Briley a copy of it because I remember we spoke about we spoke about this match before on on, on yeah. one of the podcasts and I remember really really trying to hunt it down so um, if you can find it give it a go because that whole tour I remember that whole tour being really cool and that time period again in New Japan it's 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 sort of like you know when you go back and watch early NXT yeah. And go, oh, bloody hell yeah Neville and Sami Zayn had that mental match and you know yeah. it's that you get to see where it started 
Um, so like that's what's really cool about it. And yeah, go and check it out. It's cool. Um, number seven for me, um, I saw on a DVD that I bought and I was out at WrestleMania in 2012. I bought it from WrestleCon because um, I couldn't watch it anywhere else. And that is... Uh, El Generico versus Kevin Steen from PWG Steen Wolf, uh, October twenty second, two thousand eleven. It's when El Generico finally wins the PWG title from Kevin Steen. It's a ladder match. Um, it's at the usual PWG venue, which, if you don't know it, is the American Legion Post three hundred eight in Reseda, California, um, and it is the absolute fucking best um, because they. Everyone knows their best mates, and it, it's the culmination of they feuded everywhere, and it was the culmination of finally Generico actually getting the better of them. Mm. Um, uh, it's absolutely tremendous, an absolutely wonderful match between two brilliant wrestlers, and two brilliant wrestlers that I remember watching that at the time and 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 thinking. Oh, just neither of them will probably ever make it in the WWE. <laughs> well, one of them has, yeah. so, you know, it's okay. Um, yeah, of course, one of them has. The other one, um, Orphans Mexico, something. Um, <laughs> but it's... Go out of your way to um, uh, legally download this show, I think, via High Spots. Yeah, it should be. Um, uh, uh, where you'll have to buy a download of it, and it's worth keeping anyway. Um, or buy the DVD or Blu-ray, if, if you can. Because, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest... Pretty much everything from the last six or seven years of PWG is, at the very least, good. Uh, and in many cases, absolutely tremendous. That whole show is really, really good anyway. Um, there's a, a tag title match before it as well that's tremendous too. So, um, Can I ask you something about as well? Was everyone behind L? Yes. Absolutely. Again, that's that's the it's the emotion as well. It's that, yeah. tell a story and, and bring it to a, a crescendo. Yeah, and, and, and it's... It's, it's wonderful. Um, it also features uh, the ceiling tile moment. Yes. As well. <laughs> um, uh, so it's... It, it, I, which is quite a nice breaking of character at the end, which actually makes it, it mean even more. If, if uh, yeah, happens. I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, pon Kevin Wolfenstein. Oh, nice. Oh, very good. I just had... Resident- oh, Wolfenstein, if you go by the guy who pronounced it when I was at WrestleMania, and went, oh, I love these indie workers like Kevin Stein. Yeah, all right, mate. Well, all the like, best. Like... The Wolf and Steiner brothers. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh. And uh, another one, Resident Neville. That doesn't work. Yes, it does. It's got V-I-L-E-V-I-L in it. It's like saying Res- Resident Neville. Resident Kevin Owen's arm. Resident Neville. <laughs> Have you not seen his Tron that's got evil right in the middle? Good Lord. Jesus. I mean... It started with the evil ones earlier on and it worked Evil. Out. Hey, you know what? You're not my dad. I just wish. Well, no, you I'm younger than you. It was. It'd be really difficult. Also, your dad's dead nice. He is. Um, I didn't know. I'm glad you put nice at the end. I thought yeah. you had to. What? <laughs> sorry, I'm, what sorry, am I to I'll break? Take a phone call. Um, <laughs> oh God! No, I didn't. Um, Checking on my dad. Hashtag Tuesday night jaw. Let me know how he's getting on. You're number seven, Christopher. <laughs> oh God! One number seven. We're going back to 1991 when Matt was in his 30s spiritually. Yes. Um. And again, this is from the VHS days, and I didn't watch this until like 1994 because it didn't arrive on VHS around then. It was War Games. Yeah. It was Ric Flair, Sid Vicious, Barry Windham, and Larry Zabisco subbing for Arn Anderson versus Sting the Steiners and Brian Pillman. 
That's when is that the one where Sid Vicious accidentally power bombs Brian Pillman on the roof of the cage? I don't mean on the roof of the cage by Into, standing on the roof yes. of the cage. I mean hoists him up, hits his head on the roof of the cage, and then power bombs. Yeah, because he doesn't manage to rotate him over. Yeah, and basically knocks him spark out. So there's again there's that element of guilt to he mm. power bombs him twice. They stop the match. Is that the first or second really good War Games match? Well, the second, t- oh no, the second one's got the dangerous lines. Yeah, it? Mm. it was it was a toss up between those two for me. The second one about 94? 92. 92, 92 which was Dangerous Alliance. So it was Rick Rude, Steve Austin, Anderson, Eaton, and Zabisco <sighs> versus Sting, Ricky Steamboat, Nikita Koloff, Barry Windham, and Dustin Rhodes. Yeah. And it's just money. I, I, and I loved it. But I like this one more, just a little bit more. This is the one that I remember better, if that yeah. makes sense. Like this yeah. is the one that didn't stand you know, out. When you have to cover your, um, I don't know if you had to do this, Matt, but you probably have to do it. When you get school books, you yeah. have to wrap them in you put paper, yeah, or yeah. whatever. Newspaper I used to get paper. WCW magazine. <laughs> my English book, um, my English, so English was English language and English literature were the same lesson, but you had two different books. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. English language book. Was um, a picture of this of the War Games match, right? But my English literature book was a picture of the uh, Miracle Violence Connection. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I'm the only put. I, and, and I'm sure my English teacher every day would just go, "Why have you got? Who is? Who are these slightly chunky looking, clearly very dangerous?" That's people? my dad, yeah. and that's my uncle, <laughs> um, Uncle Terry. Um, what was the? You remember the Hulk Hogan and. It was Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage against 20 heels. Oh, the double-decker doomsday. Oh. Um, why, why are you doing with a, this? With a wrestler called The Ultimate Solution in it, and no one realised that yeah. was offensive. Um, uh, bad. Yeah. Um, but the, the War Games, the War Games, I'd love yeah. to see WWE, because they own the copyrights to it now, I'd love to see mm. WWE do a War I Games. I don't match. reckon they should. I think War Games should stay where it was, because I don't think... If you look at the drama of those matches, and I'm not saying they couldn't do a good job. Mm. There's no blood now. But that, that's that, the thing, is it, you, you're never going to have the violence that you had. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan generally of blood in wrestling, but if it ha- you know, again, it's like everything. Use it sparingly and use it sensibly, and it can make a world of difference. And for this, you had, as someone who wasn't aware of the basic underlying plot of mm. WCW, and it's a good, solid show top to bottom as well there's a really good match between Lex Luger and Dan Spivey on that yeah. show for the US title I've watched this yeah, show not it's, as it's long excellent. ago it's excellent two names that you wouldn't have put together in absolutely out of this world absolutely play. out of this world oh, such a, a shame, great finish such a shame Spivey got injured halfway through the Waylon Mercy character yeah. Which go back and watch the really early roars. And yeah. Oh, the promos were. <gasps> they oh were my exciting. god! Literally, that's where Bray Wyatt comes from. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally where Bray Wyatt comes from. So I mean, from the very start, as soon as they get in the ring, it starts off with Windham and Pillman, and Pillman is made at this point for things like this. It's a plucky mm. underdog who just knocks the piss out of Windham, and Windham just sells and sells and sells, and. I don't know how it worked out at this, but the horsemen won the toss. Uh, I don't know how that worked out for them, but they so they get the advantage, mm. and all the way through the rest of that match, it's just it just builds and it builds and it builds, and every so often something big happens, and everyone gets their moment to come in and, and knock everyone around for a bit, and it was again war games done right. It's one of my favourite things, mm. and uh, like another one like the ninety seven one, which I think was the last good one. Mm. Which was the Horseman versus the NWO? Yeah, right, yeah. 
Um, especially because you had Chris Benoit who was on fire. When someone comes in on fire and they just throw everyone around. And it's, it, again, this is one of those matches that I'll show to non-wrestling fan friends and go, look at the sheer spectacle of this. Yeah. It's mad. Yeah. Chris, uh, Matthew, number seven. Uh, number seven, talking of big gimmick matches, it is the Hardy Boys versus the Dudleys versus Edge and Christian in TLC at WrestleMania X. Which seven? John, I asked John Briley and Glenn Joseph for their top three matches earlier on. I also asked Scroobius Pip, and he picked matches two, four, and seven from the Seamus Cesario Best of Seven series. <laughs> I think may have been facetious, Mr. Pip. Hey, um, hey just because you weren't paying attention. Um, but um, uh, they were. I, I thought the best of seven series yeah. was great, um, uh, but yeah, John chose it as one of yeah. one of his. Um, I'm going to get their other ones up. I'm going to get their other ones up and mention the ones that don't feature elsewhere in my list. Um, so, uh, what did John Bryan choose? Well, should we do them because they might turn up in our list as well? Yeah, well, that's a good point. I won't. Yeah. Know. I'll only mention them if they come up. Cool. But, um, but yeah, so. Uh, yeah, Bryan did choose it in his top three matches of all time. Yeah, I mean, the, the, again, it's that thing of of you got to keep in mind that like. Not only am I younger than you guys, but like I didn't watch wrestling as a kid, like 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 a little kid. So I so for in, for instance, me and, me and Chris have had this conversation before. Like I don't have the same like emotional attachment to Bret Hart that a lot of people do that are my age because they would have grown up and, and idolized him. So I sort of came into wrestling when I was like probably like I was about twelve, thirteen. Yeah. So as I was coming in. It was very much attitude era, but again, like obviously, like I loved The Rock, I loved Austin, but like these three teams were the teams that made me love wrestling, and like these are the teams that made me want to be involved in wrestling. And it was just because it was just so exciting. Um, and again, like I didn't have this, I didn't have this preloaded like idea of what wrestling should be. And I and I think that helped me appreciate. Like I think the one thing on my list, like I think it, to be honest with you, on all of our list, it's going to be the diversity of matches and reasons why. And I think like that's what kind of helped me really fall in love with wrestling because I think I just kind of came in with this. No, all wrestling's boss. I do genuinely <laughs> believe that all it's, wrestling is bloody it's great. Like, it's like pizza. Yeah, yeah. You just yeah. Even, on average. Pizza's brilliant. Yeah, and even pizza that isn't. Well, no, <laughs> no, no. He, he still himself? loves it. Yeah, he still loves <laughs> it, but he just doesn't it. love him yeah. back. Yeah. yeah, that's true. But yeah, this this match for you is it like being in love with a murderer? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah, yeah. So pizza's your Myra Hindley. Oh, wow, Christ, wow. no, maybe not that much. Oh, it's, it's like, eh? Hey, it's oh. vaguely topical. No. Yeah, but no, it's, I just I just loved this match because of. A because it was just so it felt so cool like this this WrestleMania to me like felt cool like the two WrestleManias that are really 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 stuck out for me are WrestleMania 2000 and this one because again this is one like you got to keep in mind that like this is one I'm coming in and like I totally appreciate that they aren't the best manias on rewatch but no 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 WrestleMania 17 is the best mania. Okay. Yeah. Right, okay Full right, stop. Right, right. It's yeah. the best. It's Nothing comes yeah. near it. And even if it isn't your favourite, you don't look at someone who says it is and goes, you're clearly off your it's, head. It's, In the yeah, same the way that if mania. I was to say, you know what, they've never touched the peak they ascended for WrestleMania 9. Right, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's you know... It's, it's the best, mate, no one's knocking you all. It's the yeah. best mania. It, it, it is, and, and it's the best mania. I 
Uh, that's not my favourite match on that show. My favourite no, match on the no. show is the main event. Yeah, yeah. But um, th- there's not a single weak point on that show. No. no. And I, I was I was sat in the nosebleeds for that and watching it live. And it's the first time I'd ever seen a match like that yeah. live. Mm. And you don't get the sense of danger. It's like watching yeah. the circus. If you've ever been to the circus, you watch a high wire act on TV and the camera's up here. Mm-hmm. You're with them because that's how they, they film it. They show them up so you don't get the... You don't see the distance down. Mm-hmm. And when Jeff Hardy went to do the walk across the top of the ladders and stumbled, I nearly vomited my heart on the person <laughs> in front of me. It was terrifying. Yeah. Um, good choice, mate. Cool. Um, number six for me is uh, from Dayton, Ohio in 1998. ECW Heatwave, Masato Tanaka against Mike Awesome. Now, at this point... Um, when I when I eventually got around seeing that show, it was probably at least 1999. Um, I'd already started tape trading, so I'd already seen both these guys wrestling each other in <laughs> FMW, yeah, man. Um, and loved them. And uh, I remember getting this tape. I bought this tape from HMV because you could buy the ECW tapes. They only ever have one in stock in Leicester, and I'd go in. I'd go in every day when I was at uni, and I'd I'd check to see if they'd had any new wrestling tape deliveries. Whenever there's an ECW one. Um, or WCW one, which was starting to be out at the time, I'd, I'd, I'd buy it straight away. They're always £16.99, which is expensive for a VHS. Well, HMV was always an expensive place to buy anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd take it home and I, I, I'd watch it and be, have my mind blown because mm-hmm. at the time <laughs> ECW was nuts. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I'd seen those guys wrestle before. Um, Mike Awesome in FMW was the gladiator, not rather than being Mike Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, Masato Tanaka is a nutcase yes who's still wrestling um, uh, Mike Awesome sadly no longer with us um, this match is Mike Awesome killing the lovely Japanese man <laughs> for about 10 minutes and then Tanaka going fuck you elbowing the shit out of him powerbombing him over the top rope for a table which at the time we, we desensitised to those sorts of bumps oh. now that bump is horrible oh yeah horrible to t- and 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 they fought each other loads, and Tanaka's took a ton of those bumps as well himself. But it just the the story of the match being all about who can power bomb the other one harder and who can who can hit strikes harder, and it being it, essentially it was it wasn't a match that meant loads in the grand scheme of things on the card because they needed them a champion at the time or anything like mm. that. It was just let's go out and do something nuts because there was a few FMW guys on the show. The same show had. Um, Rob Van Dam and Sabu against uh, Shinzaki and Hayabusa, mm-hmm. which I remember being super excited by, and it's not very good. It's mm-hmm. all right, mm-hmm. but it's not as good as Hayabusa and Shinzaki could have been. Mm. Um, uh, but um, but yeah, just wonderful match that at that point in my life was exactly what I wanted to see out of wrestling, and it was a ridiculous amount of violence and a combination of American and Japanese wrestling, mm-hmm. the two things I really liked about both sides of it. Um, and I went back and watched this a couple of days ago um, and still love it and it's yeah the video quality is not brilliant because it's ECW mm-hmm. and um, yeah I, but it, it still tells a story and it's not 25 minutes long it's no. 12 minutes because they kill each other yeah. it doesn't need to be any longer than that mm-hmm. and they start with the fans kind of going alright and they finish with the fans going Oh my fucking god! Because if that match had been in Philly at the ECW Arena or in New York at the Hammerstein, they would have gone batshit for it from the very beginning because yeah. they were the most hardcore of ECW fans. This is when ECW was starting to expand and doing shows further afield. 
Dayton's a fucking long way away from Philly. Yeah. And to still have that level of response that they get during that match is is great. It's you know it's proof that sometimes like we do with progress, you can take yourself away from your initial territory and you can move elsewhere, and people still get what you're trying to achieve. So I love that match. Go and watch it on the WWE Network as soon as you possibly can. Right, Christopher, you're number six. Okay, number six. And this isn't breaking the rules, because I would like to point out at this point, I was not in charge. <laughs> so, number six, Jack Gallagher versus Zach he Gibson. That match, didn't he? Well, you know, Jack Gallagher <laughs> versus Zach Gibson in a submissions match from the Future Shock 11th anniversary show. But you can choose, you can still choose Future Shock. I'm just, I am choosing not to choose Progress, though, that's all. You can choose what you want. Well, I could have had more matches and then plugged... Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> um, but no, this, this... I know you speak highly of this match because you've told me about it several times. This this is a match that I have a lot of time for because, again, it told a story. It was a year in the build. It went from... And you were on commentary for when this sort of began the year yeah, previously yeah, 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 yeah. at the yeah, anniversary. Yeah. But then you have two guys, again, who will, will kind of be the Steen and Generico of their generation will look back and go, these guys tore it up. And it wouldn't... Would it really surprise you that much to see these guys doing this all over again in WWE one day? No. Not in the slightest. Not even, not yet. Because you'll notice that a match is good when other people go, we're having that. And they have now wrestled Future Shot many times. They've wrestled for Progress. They've wrestled in ICW. They've had blinders everywhere. But this match is my favourite match of theirs because it's a culmination of a year-long... Story in itself, but one that goes back deeper and further because they came up together. They, everyone knows their history. You know, they both evolved. You can see it's the kind of thing where you show the photos of them looking like skinny kids. You got Jack Toxic and Match of the Night Zach Diamond Gibson. Yeah, back when 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 one had hair and one didn't. <laughs> and, and, po- Pokemon Zach Diamond. Just, hey. oh, I know I did Simon Diamond earlier. But I should have done that. It's all right. It's all right. But it's it, it's just. Everything and it built around this idea that of giving up, of quitting, of tapping out, and it was a submission hold against submission hold. It was it was Jack Gallagher who's gone from being the grappler, he had literally just evolved into the extraordinary Jack Gallagher and had started to evolve into the man who is now a megastar. Let's call him what he is. He's he's one of the highlights of WWE TV for me, and he's doing great work out there. But this was just at the beginning of that, and I think it's just the, the beginning of Zach Gibson becoming this incredible all-rounder, this this most booable man in British wrestling. And they, they went out and they had a match that told a story that, again, never let up, mm. that everything was, was wonderful. And it built on their previous matches, and from the very beginning to the very end. And the finish is incredible, there's so many points where you go, oh, this is it, and it isn't. And, yeah, it's... Again, this is one of those matches that I will show to people and say, look, if you... Especially for me, people who are sceptical about British wrestling. Mm-hmm. Because for me, that was the point where I went, do you know what? And it's a bit like being a comedian or any other artist. We go, the difference between us and the people at the top of the business is opportunity and, and fortune and contacts. It is not ability. Because that was the day I looked at those two and said, I will hold this match up against anything in the world right now. I will hold this up against any promotion, any show. And we might not have the biggest room or the brightest lights or the best cameras, but in terms of what happens when the bell rings, that can be compared to anyone's. 
It's Future Shock Wrestling on demand. Do you know what's really really funny about this match? And I, I I I would rarely do this and 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 feel a little bit weird about doing it, but that match nearly never happened because the year before at the anniversary show it was Jack versus uh, it was Jack versus Zach and it was Good Guy versus Good Guy and Gibson was actually meant to face an import. Um, yeah, it was supposed to be Michael Elgin. Yeah. And that match nearly didn't happen, and that whole locker room fought that, and they fought for that match because at that time we believed that there was no better wrestlers in the country than, than Zach Gibson and Jack Gallagher. And what's so lovely to see was that we were right, <laughs> and like it, it, it launched both of them, and that's what I think always helped Gibson and Gallagher because it was real in the sense that they genuinely wanted to be the best wrestler in this country and 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 they you know they're friendly and they they're on really good terms and they've had amazing memories but like like Chris says as soon as that bell rings there's some things that you can't hide and competition is one of them mm. and that's why they are absolute gold dust when they touch, because they genuinely believe in their own brains, I'm the man. And if you want to prove that you're the man, you've got X amount of time to do it. And and I, I absolutely believe that. And and it's genuinely like you know, that's why I think Gibson is like, I don't like to say underrated, but he is <laughs> like underexposed. Underexposed, yeah, yeah. Underutilized, possibly. Yeah. And uh, no, like, I'm I'm really good choice. Well done, man. What's your number six? Uh, my number six is probably going to be the one of the more conventional choices on a list like this. Uh, it's Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat from Class of the Champions, I think, number six. Two out of three falls. Yeah, 1989 NWA World Heavyweight title. Um, I was really like, because they had that three match series yeah. over that time period and I was really 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 trying to sort of pick which one I really enjoyed the Shytown Rumble one for me like I don't know why but I always liked that match like really liked that match but the reason I chose this one in the end was because it was it was one of the first matches I think I ever watched that had a like a really big match feel in a different way for me. So I had like Rock and Austin and Triple H and Taker and and even Sean, as like Shawn Michaels as well. But there's this thing about the NWA World Heavyweight Title at times where you can't quite replicate the just the prestige of it, if That's that makes lineage, sense. Doesn't it? Yeah. It's on Billy Corgan's wall now. Yeah, which which is <laughs> something, isn't it? Uh, but like, but it, they, these the certain NWA matches that just had this feel, and this match had this feel, and like the fact that it's it's just JR that's on commentary with Terry Funk, and it just felt massive, and just it, it's it's almost sixty minutes long. It's like because it, it's the match where they have the judges if they can't decide a winner, and it's just it's 48 minutes it? yeah it's just, and it's got the post-match shit as well the it? post-match stuff where Terry Funk attacks mm-hmm. and, and and it's so good it's just so good and it's just that that thing for me of of 
again that exposure at a time where I'd only really seen WWE or like Japanese wrestling or you know more obscure indie indie wrestling, and it was the what first match that when I do you know what it's actually the first match I think when I got Triple H <laughs> and I just went he's Harley Race. He yeah. is Harley Race and Ric Flair, and like, <laughs> and that really made me love Evolution, that and, and and the whole bounty stuff and stuff. So it's a really important match for me to to appreciate sort of what was before my time, and yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's it's as as well. It's such an we're coming back to that backstory thing because Steamboat and Flair had history going yeah. back through the years, yeah, from about nineteen seventy six, and, and, and Ric <laughs> Flair who had been. This this villainous character for much of his career, this was during his little phase where he phase where he wasn't, yeah. and it was about it was almost like he because when you're the bad guy, and here's a hint to bad guys, you can't be as good as you can possibly be if yeah. that makes sense. You, you can't necessarily let it all hang out. You have to be willing to show your ass, and this is why Ric Flair was getting away by the skin of his teeth. This is why he was all champion because he was he was. He was making other people look great, and he was coming in, he'd make you look like a star, and he'd leave. And this was his year where he went, you know what, I'm going to show everyone what I'm capable of. And in Steamboat, he had that foil where you could believe those two would want to do that. And and then just everything they touched that year. I I still think Ricky Steamboat is the greatest good guy in in, in wrestling history for me because... Only person who's never been a heel as well. Yeah, and because he just has something about him he has empathy but it's the way like I love let's be honest though if he like 1989 Ricky Steamboat wrestled today he'd be booed yeah for sure for sure absolutely what he loves loves his kids yeah it was was starting to get that way at certain points yeah yeah for sure but the, the thing that always brought me back into Steamboat even though I did always think Flair was cooler was just watching Steamboat get hit and I know that sounds in a really weird no, no, way. I know what he used to do. Though. He used he to watch used boxing to matches, yeah. Boxing matches. And yeah. it's one thing, there's one thing that I now weirdly do, and I don't mean to do, is I watch people's feet when they get hit. Mm-hmm. Because I... Because you should it, be watching people's feet anyway. I, I know, it's I know. a bit of a thing, isn't it? Uh, well, you know, it's, it is my thing. Um, it's no, not. no, no, no. I mean, seriously. No, no, no. no I, I know, <laughs> I know. A, a, I, uh, it was something that Regal showed me, and I was yeah. like, all right, and now, I'm, and now it's all I yeah. do. No, no, footwork is absolutely massively important um and, and and massively unappreciated um but it's just it's things like that when, when he'd just be getting hammered and and it was he had this this way of firing back up and i just loved again it's that thing of it's it was just the perfect combination everything just worked but i do agree with what you're saying about if, if steamboat 89 was now oh yeah everyone hate him yeah, yeah, totally. but, but. right so we're getting to the top five and none of us have picked anything anyone else has picked so far. No, but I think it could be interesting it's now. Gonna, yes. It's going to change now. Yes. Although I might be alright with this one. So, my number five is from All Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh, for fuck's sake. In, <laughs> in 1992. Now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, when I was into my tape trading and stuff like that, I used to have big, long play tapes full of... Uh, this is a tag match, and as most people will be aware, I'm not massively keen on tag team wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a tag match... Um, featuring only one of the names of the people that you would expect to be in it <laughs> because normally it's a combination of four or five different people in various tag team scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this match is what I think is the greatest tag team match in the history of wrestling, um, which is a bold statement, uh, but it's my only tag team match on my list. Spoilers for the rest of my list. Um, it is Kenta Kabashi and Suyoshi Kikuchi versus Doug Furness and Dan Crawford. Um it's the matches in Sendai, which is Kikuchi's hometown. The important thing to bear in mind about this is Kikuchi, compared to the other three, is a nobody. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Kabashi is a massive star who'd been out for a while because he'd not been well. Um, this is for, uh, at the time, the Can Am Connections All Asia Tag Team titles, which is won by Kabashi and Kikuchi. You can see this entire match on YouTube. Um, when you watch the match, it's phenomenal to just hear the reaction of the, the commentator loses his fucking mind at the <laughs> end of this match. Japanese commentators are reserved. Yeah. This guy, like, at one point screams moonsault so loud he nearly dies. Um, <laughs> and if you've seen um, if you've seen Doug Furness and Dan Crawford, or Phil Lafon as he was called in WWE, um, you'll know they were pretty good. They were in ECW as well. They were pretty good. They were technically sound. They were very strong. Um... You've not seen the Japanese version of them, which is very much a, 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 almost like a more athletic version of, of Gordy and Williams. They basically kick the living fuck out of people. Um, every time they go to hit a lariat or something in this match, you can hear the crowd go, oh, don't hurt Kikuchi. It, it's, <laughs> it's tremendous. Um, it's, it's short for a match during a, a tag team match in all, in all Japan at the time because they were nearly always nearly an hour long. It's only 25 minutes. Um, but it's one of the best it's the best tag team match of all time it's it's got a really good story of Kikuchi who has always been a, a perfectly serviceable wrestler in J- in Japan but he's not Kenta Kabashi no. who's one of the greatest people who's wrestlers who ever walked the earth um, and as most people be aware one of my favourite wrestlers of all time um, but this match go honestly go and watch it um, just go to YouTube put in Kabashi Kikuchi Furness Crawford you'll find there's loads of different versions of it. Some of them all in one, some of them split up into two or three different sections. 
Um, all of them have got the original Japanese commentary on. Mm. And you know when people say, oh, Japanese crowds are quiet? Mm. They're not for this. They're on their feet and losing their mind because mm. they love Kikuchi. Sendai's not a biggest city. Mm. And to have a match of this magnitude yeah. film being filmed for TV there... Um, is their, their TV program Superpower Series Tag Eight? Oh, so good! Oh, all Japan were just the kings. All, all of Japan in, sick names. All Japan, the in mid, all Japan in the mid nineties is the best period of wrestling ever. Um, to put this into perspective, Kabashi is. If you base this book purely on Wrestling Observer five star ratings, Kabashi this got Match of the Year in Wrestling Observer in nineteen ninety two. Kabashi has twenty three five star matches to his name. Misawa has twenty five. Nearly all of those five star matches came in all Japan and not in Noah. Mm-hmm. Um, Toshi Kawada has a load. Akira Tawai has loads. Um, Junakiyama has loads. Um, uh, Gordian Williams are in all Japan. They've got loads. Uh, um, Johnny Ace and Steve Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 yeah. It's just that whole period is brilliant. It's one of my favourite periods of wrestling of all time. And it's my favourite tag match of all time. And it turns out my fifth favourite match of all time. So, um, yeah, go and watch it, honestly. Watch all the matches we're talking about today, but seriously go and see that one. What's really interesting about um, All Japan during that period is is there's so many great matches that don't necessarily always feature the four pillars. Mm. Um, and obviously it's that thing of they're always the gateway. Just explain the four pillars for people who don't know. So four pillars were the four sort of, I guess what they call aces in... Um, in all Japan at the time, so it was Kabashi, Kawada, Misawa, and Tawai. Thank you. And, and, then, and Akiyama was quite yeah, good. Akiyama was just a little bit behind them. Um, so what I really love about all Japan during this time is that you'd always get these slightly more obscure main event tag matches, and they would just pleasantly surprise you. There is actually a YouTube channel that exists. It's called like Classic Puru eighty three or something. Um, and they have loads of old mm. uh, old Japan stuff um, because I, I think all Japan's a bit of a mess in terms of their back catalogue and what's yeah. available and who owns it and stuff. But they are, I think. It's, it's weird to see where they're at now, and they're still a good company. Yeah, but they were the best company in the world. Yeah, well, they they never time. they never recovered after the Noah split, which no. which was basically Noah was they, everyone that left for Noah were the heart and soul of all Japan yeah. during that time period. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. I, There's a lesson in old Japan as well, which is no one and nothing is infallible, yeah. and don't believe your own hope because there were people in charge of old Japan at that point who thought, you know what, we we are, we are bigger than yeah. the yeah. people. And whilst it's true that no com- no one person is bigger than wrestling, you have to be realistic, and it's the other way around too. So uh, yeah, if all, if everyone people like leaves your company. You are in for a hell of a challenge. Also, All Japan is uh, what the one of the greatest video games of all time, uh, Giant Gram, uh, and Giant Gram 2000, which is the slightly better. Andre the Giant Gram. Thanks, well done, mate. Anytime. Um, bonus points because it's a wrestling game as well. But that mm. is that was based on All Japan. In right Cassius, before... oh no, mercy. Get out. Uh, <laughs> WrestleMania yeah. 2000. Oh, no. But that was. But Giant Gram 2000 was was. Made for all Japan right yeah. before the Noah split as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right in about 1999. Because like Kenta and Marufuji are on it, aren't they? Because they were young boys. Yes, and um, but also Vader's in it and Hanson's in yeah. it. Yeah, um, oh, Bro- isn't Brody in it? Like, Brody's in it as an unlockable character. Um, uh, Destroyers in it. We still not played it because I, I hooked you up with a copy. No, and we need we need to play. Anyway, it's um, so you're number five, Christopher. In your house of the dead. I'll do. Thank you. 
my head hurts. Number five. Um, now, this is technically breaking the rules because if I sit... Now, let me you explain why. Two, two in a row where you've gone technically, technically breaking the rules. Because if, I, if we sat down with a list, we'd realise that there's probably one or two here who pop up elsewhere. And it is the 2004 Royal Rumble. All right, I'll allow Royal Rumble. Thank All you right, much. yeah, yeah. Thank you very much indeed. Um, it's my favourite Royal Rumble. Um, it, who wins that one, Chris? I can't remember. No. Um, <laughs> no, seriously. Who Chris it? Benoit. Yeah, and you're allowed to say it. We, look, we've discussed this on Tuesday Night Joe before. This is a serious point. Yeah. Chris Benoit did horrible things. But we can't take away the fact that, for our, certainly for our generation, up until that point, he was the best wrestler of the generation. Oh, he was out- outstanding. And um, that is... That's an undeniable fact. I, I would say that this was his highest point, mm. um, even allowing for WrestleMania that year. Um, now, the backstory of this as well is also what it means to you, because at this point, I'd just moved to Manchester from Nottingham, mm. and I ha- I hardly knew anyone in Manchester other than comics. I had no friends who were wrestling fans, and I had no means to watch or get videos of pay-per-views. Sure. So I had to wait for the Royal Rumble to come out on DVD that year before I watched it. It did not come out until May because it used to take forever. And I avoided all WWE on the internet for four months so I could watch this Royal Rumble, right? And it was worth it. Yeah. Because I'd never seen that. I would never have seen that outcome. I'd never have seen that coming. And for me as well, it's... The 92 Rumble probably has more legends in it. Mm. The 2001 Rumble nearly gets it mm. as well, if it's about favourite Rumbles. 92, for me, there was a lot where it plotted. It felt like that. For, for, for 2004, it felt like, uh, when I watched it, it never let up. Yeah. And there was the story of your two young studs, as it were, Randy Orton and Chris Benoit, who were at the start. You had Mick Foley's return. You had That, for me, is it's lots of little moments, lots of little rivalries. And it never let up. Everyone had their little chance to shine. And I think the closing stretch where everyone's trying to get rid of Big Show is one of my favourite things. <laughs> and again, as, as as fans, we forget what it's like to watch casuals. My mate, uh, Ben Schofield, Big Show's his favourite wrestler. Royal Rumble is... He's not a big wrestling fan, but he loves watching the Royal Rumble. And every time the buzzer goes, he's waiting for Big Show to walk in the ring. Yeah. And just throw fuckers out, left, right and centre. He's going, yeah. right, it's getting a bit busy in there. Well, mm. here we go. Fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off. And that was that was the story. He was throwing out Kurt Angle and Jericho and even Cena back back and when when Cena and that led to the story with Cena and his knee injury leading into yeah. him and Big Show at WrestleMania. And it's that to me is the WrestleMania's best. It's got feuds, it's got rivalries, it, it weaves in and out, and then there's people who maybe get a chance to shine that wouldn't you get this moment where, and then let's not forget, obviously, Ernest the Cat Miller <laughs> in two thousand and four, <laughs> where where you had that moment where Benoit and Orton just looked at each other and went, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> and then then pasted him and threw him out along with his uh, hype man. Uh, Matt's my hype man, by the way. Yeah, I'd heard that. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So so as far as satisfying Royal Rumbles go, and most Royal Rumbles are better when you watch them back. I find. Yeah, I know what you mean. But that one, in terms of pure satisfaction, it, they'd have to be good to live up to that one for me now. Oh, God, yeah. I, I totally agree. It's it, One, when we were coming up to doing the Royal Rumble, I was coming up to do the Royal Rumble list when I went back and watched it. Because it's fantastic. It's a fantastic Rumble. You, mm-hmm. can't, you can't knock that. Um, 
Matthew, your next one. My number five is Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio Jr. Title versus Mask, Halloween Havoc, 1997. Nearly went on my list. Nearly went on my list. Again, honourable mention for me. So the reason why it went on my list was the time that I watched it. Um, You know when you sort of have a a film um, and you watch it at the right point in your life so you end up loving it. It's just things like Clerks and Donnie Darko, if you like. For me, it was Wanted, bizarrely enough. It just turned up at the the time when I wanted to quit my job and go full-time as a comic. Yeah, it's like... Slash Assassin. this, This match for me was sort of when I was discovering a lot of WCW stuff that I missed, because I, when I first started watching wrestling, WCW is actually what I watched. Because mm. um, because me and my friend, um, CJ Banks, actually, funnily enough, uh, who's now a wrestler, um, we used to love WCW. We used to go around his house and we used to watch it. And then then I, as I as I got older, I, I, I sort of ended up sort of going into WWE, ECW, and then independent stuff. So when... Eddie and Benoit and everyone was sort of getting the run in WWE and they were releasing their best of stuff. This is when I really got the chance to see stuff that I'd never seen. And this match just like blew my mind because I knew Ray was great, but I didn't know how great Ray was. And and but you'd not seen anything like him and uh, Psychosis? No, no. At this point, no. The only Ray Ray I knew was Horns, Filthy Animals, Ray. <laughs> so I was pleasantly surprised yeah. when I went back and watched it because he's just—it's just this wonderful struggle of like an underdog and this this man that was just at the peak of the cruiserweight division, and and it's this wonderful story where. I, I there were genuinely points where I was like, Ray's gonna lose his mask because then again in my head I read it preloaded. I was like, well he did lose his mask, so it's this match that he loses his mask, and then <laughs> no 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 the match where he loses his mask is much more of a I know, throwaway match. I know, I know, I <laughs> know. Also now. as well, I mean technically speaking, he should never put his mask back on. Well I know, which has made him, which has caught him heat in Mexico. Yeah, I can imagine. Him, so. He dabs dabs at his tears with a hundred dollar note. Fair enough, <laughs> but it's just—it's just for me. This is one of the matches that just stands out for like it was so—it was so cool to me, like, and and it was cool in a, in, a, in a style of like wrestling that probably is becoming very obvious here. I do have a, a, a particular style of wrestling, like quite like dynamic wrestling um, with a lot of smaller guys and whatever, because I am a smaller guy and I li- I like that. That's what made me get into wrestling. I always cared about the small guys because. You know, like, I was like, oh, they're just, like, normal human beings. This is cool. Um, and do it well, normal human beings doing extraordinary things. And, mm-hmm. and these two guys were just, for me, were, like, the top of it. It was This was very, very, very nearly a Rey Mysterio versus Dean Malenko match because Dean Malenko has a piece of my heart as well because he's just... Everyone should go and watch Dean Malenko against Scott Taylor. Oh, oh the... Oh, um... With the top rope DVD. Oh, yeah, God. yeah. Good Oh, Oh, it's in WWE. God. It's for the, the WWE light, light heavyweight. Yeah, Scott Taylor, you you hipster. I know he's Scotty Too Hotty. All right, Scott Taylor's his name, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah, I don't know if he was Scotty Too Hotty or Scott. No, Taylor. no, he, he was Scotty Too Hotty. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is a great match. Because cool. he he first debuted in the light heavyweight tournament. As Scott it's Taylor. it's something. Yeah. That it's it's like a backlash two thousand and one. It's backlash two thousand. Um, uh-huh. It was no, it wasn't. It might have been the the one where they had The Rock and Triple H Iron Man match. It'd be Judgment Day. Couldn't, oh, couldn't okay. tell you. I mean, yeah. I, off the top of my head, I don't Definitely. know. I just know I, I, I love the match. Good. Yeah. And the other thing about Eddie that at that point is after so it was ninety seven. He'd been mm. in WCW for about what two years. 
Yeah. And they hadn't known what to do with him. Yeah. And it wasn't until this point where he let his inner bell end out <laughs> that he became this prick. Yeah. In in ninety seven because he he was he was having match, good matches that played to eh, indifference mm. and as soon as he started doing this and he had that run with Ray and he started doing the other stuff they I don't I never feel like Eddie really kind of had a sustained run of for many reasons well, he, didn't he, got, act- he had that massive road accident mm. so he was out also he didn't time. have the run that he had with Art Bar in AAA yeah, yeah. which was where he was the biggest heel. In an entire country. Oh yeah, um, but that, that was the thing. He that it was it was which is why he got signed, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. it was it was sort of touch and go and spread it. But then he got that um, this little run of him toward in 1997 through possibly into 98. He was doing the stuff with Chavo as well. Fantastic. He's yeah. like he's he's almost like a oh this is a horribly cliched comparison, but he's almost like a David Bowie of wrestling. The amount of times he's reinvented himself and made made himself relevant is phenomenal. (laughs) But yeah, like he, it's incredible because like you know, oh, we never expected to do that today. No, that's uh, uh, Um, but do you know what I mean? Like even like when when he got. Fired by WWE and had that like Ring of Honor and independent run and came back and then there's there's so many different points of his career that were just great like and again like a, another point of his career that I loved I don't know if you guys loved but was like him and Chavo in that amazing SmackDown tag division at the mm-hmm. time and and I lived for that that division in them matches they were just awesome um so like yeah he's he's like genuinely like one of my favorite wrestlers of all time and he's he might be my favorite. Yeah, like I, I think because I don't think he's actually on my list. At yeah. all. see, I, I, he's I, one of my favorite. He's not on my list. Yeah, my it's kind of funny because I think I've got mine covered because Sean will, Sean Michaels will forever be my favorite wrestler, mm-hmm. closely followed by Ric Flair, and then there's a fight for the rest. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, right, number number four, four, number four is the newest match on my list. From the 4th of January this year in the Tokyo Dome is Kashichida Akazu. I can't say it. Just Akada. Kaz. Kaz Akada. Big Kaz Akada. Um, uh, against Kenny Omega uh, from Wrestle Kingdom. Um, in 10 years' time, this might be number one. Fair. I've watched it 10 times since it happened. Mm-hmm. It's bloody brilliant. <laughs> it's stupid in places. As a promoter, I would not want wrestlers to go out there and do some of the stuff they do. Dragon suplex off the top rope, and but I think we said this when we did the round table at the time. Like, just making a drop kick seem like a terrifying weapon. <laughs> yeah. That's what this match does. Yeah. Um. I, I regular listeners will know I love New Japan. I love this match to bits. I love Okada. I think Okada's work. And, and let's not forget, Okada is still twenty eight. I think. Yeah, he's uh, not even thirty. Not yeah. Um, uh, and him and Omega just absolutely tear the place to pieces I, I was still surprised that Okada retained his title at the end of it as well mm-hmm. for me I, I thought it was Omega's time to win and then when he didn't win I thought this is his time to go to WWE and it, I don't think it is you know what I mean I think it's all it's all um, I think he's going to stick around there for a bit but I yeah it's it's wonderful I'm not going to bang on about it too much because I think we talked about it for roughly an hour in January. Um, but, yeah, that's my number four. Um, yeah, we'll see if either of you guys end up knocking it out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's... I know we all talk about Meltzer giving it six stars and all that sort of stuff, which is 
that's not influenced me in any way. If Meltzer mm-hmm. had given this two stars, I'd still love it. Mm-hmm. It's it's just great. Um, and I'll be honest, there's something in my brain. I'm looking through this, like I'm just so the matches I've announced so far, I've done so far. Danielson Kenta's 25 minutes. Flamita Susumu's 15 minutes. Nakamura Styles is about half an hour. Generico Steen is maybe 20. Tanaka Awesome's 12. Kabashi Kikuchi Furness Crawford is 25. Um, this match is 48 minutes long, um, and it's definitely the longest match on my list. And there's it, it. It never feels like it overstays its welcome. Mm-hmm. The match finishes, and you look at your watch and go, "Oh, that was forty-eight minutes." Yeah, even even as someone who wasn't a big New Japan fan, and as much as I enjoy it, I'll be the first to say I didn't. It didn't grab me. But then, it, um, as someone who wasn't, we've discussed at the yeah. time, it it didn't feel like it dragged. No, no, it yeah. doesn't. It goes, really? It's just, that long? It's, it's just a belting, belting match. I, th- I think that that match says a lot for um, you know we're sort of talking about new generations in New Japan. That was a huge match to cement exactly what New Japan is now yeah. at yeah. this this moment. And, and, and again, like I said it at the time, like Omega isn't necessarily my favorite wrestler, but bloody hell did he put a shift in yeah. and, and what, a, what a great match interesting statistic that came out of New Japan's press conference thing they did yesterday is that they've already made more money this year than they made in the entire entirety of last year so they're doing something right yes you know yes. And, and they've got but Japanese wrestling can come and go it only takes <laughs> a couple of people to break out in another promotion and all of a yeah. sudden it all switches so no, if they've, if they've learned their lessons from the past as well yeah, just don't make it's, everything shoot fighting, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it, it comes and goes in cycles, but then, you know, as long as the hardest part for any wrestling or wrestler or, or promotion is to is to resist the urge to milk something past its sell-by date mm. because mm. it's really hard to take someone out on top mm. and then use them to create the next one. Yeah, And then you don't have control. You don't know who's going to walk in the door of your dojo tomorrow and, and, and either be brilliant or who's going to step up. Yeah. But there you go. Bang on. Right. You're number four. Number four. It is from 2005. It is from Turning Point, TNA, and is Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles versus Christopher Daniels. Uh, otherwise known as the good match TNA had. The hey. oh, I'm joking. I'm joking. But, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty positive about wrestling. I'm just, you know, it's, some stuff to do with TNA. TNA has become like that relationship, not like the one I had. No, um, let's not do that again. No, that's... let's not go into that. I've, I've already been advised by several solicitors that yeah. I said too much. Um, that relationship where you can forget about the amazing times because it ended badly. Yeah. But if you sit and you think and you go, you know what, the bit of distance, you realise how much good stuff happened. And there was a time without TNA, NXT now was what TNA should have become. You know, mm-hmm. um, and at this this point is is the peak for me when they were absolutely doing in two thousand and five. I could take or leave WWE. Yeah, um, and TNA. I was I was eager. I had a trader who would send me through the Impact episodes and the pay per views every month, and that, that was a highlight. Of my month was to know I had that coming through. I mean, you went to watch TNA, didn't we? Yeah, we when did. Joe was champion, and 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 so we are here now. You know, that's, yeah. that's how it all works out. But this, to me, when they put the X division front and center, when it was about when this was cutting edge, when they had again the distinction between their main events, which were brawls and heavyweights, mm. and their X division, which was exciting in action. 
And I defy anybody to find a better X Division match than this one. Also, um, the only ever TNA match that got five stars in the Observer. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, um, because to me, it was as close to a perfect action-packed thri- triple threat mm. match as you can get. It, it, it made sense. There was a reason for it to happen. Yeah. A lot of times, I see triple threats and four ways and five ways and six ways and God help us, 12 ways. You know, yeah. Whichever way you want to do it, any way you want it matches. It's, it's just, hey, these guys will do cool things together. Whereas this one... What you had with the backstory, you had Samoa Joe was a monster mm. coming in. He had killed everyone. And what did he do? He he beat up Christopher Daniels. And then AJ Styles demanded the champion at the time demanded a match with him. And he became champion. He beat Samoa Joe beat, and he beat him convincingly. Mm. And he didn't lose all- for about three years, did he, Joe, in turn? Um, no, I think it was a what was it? So he arrived in two thousand and five and I think he lost to Kurt Angle when he came in. So it was over a year. It wasn't lo- yeah. loads of time, but he was on an absolute tear. Yeah. And the story between the three of them, Christopher Daniels is still a bit of a dick. Mm. AJ Styles is a hero. Samoa Joe is a badass. There were moments that made you laugh, moments that made you cringe. And little pull of curtain aside, apparently the finish was fucked up. Really? Yeah. Um, Joe has, has said that. I think it might have been... Yeah. Uh, when he was talking to Roddy Piper in my hotel room that one time, oh, yeah. um, he, he said like, uh, the finish wasn't what it should have been and they had to improvise. And the fact that everything was just, it was spot on. There was no, you know, you look at his match small angles, there's no way you can stick a, a nitpick mm. in to get a, a fault with it. It was, it was all action. And again, this is a match that I show other people and go, mm. this is brilliant, yeah. isn't it? This is all action. Yeah, I think it, you, it is a very, very good match. Um, Matthew, number four. Uh, and this is the only hipster match on the list. <laughs> um, I'm sorry to say, guys. Uh, it is Dragon Kid versus Darkness Dragon in a mask versus mask two out of three falls match from Toromon slash Toromon 2000 project. Absolutamente, I believe it's pronounced 2002. Marvelous. Um, so, uh, not familiar with this match at all. So, 2002 in Toramon is sort of when Toramon started to become what it, it, it later became, which is Dragon Gate. So, the Toramon 2000 project was the second class of the Toramon training school coming through. Right. So, people that came through then was Masato Yoshina, Milano Collection, AT. Um, sort of the stupidest name in wrestling. Yeah, Ryo Saito was sort of st- like starting to come up, even though he was in the original class. Uh, Nariki Doi. Um, so it's like the hotbed of, of, of Toromon. So this actual event, they started feuding the two companies. So they were, they were treated as two companies. So you had Toromon, you had a, a T2P, as it was shortened to, Toromon 2000 Project. And at this event, they had two rings. So they had a six-sided ring, and a normal ring. Nice. So all the new class from Mexico, you'd win a coin toss and you'd rent, uh, wrestle in the six-sided ring because that was their home advantage or whatever, and then vice versa. So this is sort of a time period where like Crazy Max are feuding with the Italian connection, and it's just a wonderful time period. But the, the, hottest, the hottest feud at that time was Dragon Kid versus Darkness Dragon. So in in line with Tiger Mask versus Black Tiger, you know, that sort of yeah. style. So, yeah, this this was sort of... The reason why this match sticks out for me 
And I, I genuinely had a lot of other Toromon matches, which I was like, ooh, that's technically a better match. There's a, a Yoshino versus Darkness Dragon when he becomes Kunis. And in about 2003, they have an amazing NWA World Welterweight title match, which is phenomenal. But this one stuck out because this was probably the best Dragon Kid we ever had and one of the best stories. Uh, like, I kind of want to tell you what happens in the match, but I kind of want you to go and watch it. It is sort of knocking around on, on daily motion, but this is just like... This is actually one of the most violent Toromon matches I've ever seen. Well, that's because they're not, they're not a violent promotion. Oh, this they, really? is full-on people bleeding, masks getting ripped, like shenanigan upon shenanigan. Um, it's a combination of loads of storylines that go back to the original, like, early Toromon stuff. There's It's, it's kind of the... F- Final chapter of the faction M2K, which was Mokosuke, Kanda, and Susumi Yokosuka when he was also Mokosuke. So it was two Mokosukis and one Kanda. Yeah. Uh, and it was like sort of their final chapter. And it's just, it's great, man. Like, it's this wonderful mix of like lucha libre and emotion and storytelling, which I just, just hooked me to Toramon and like just made me care about this weird little promotion. That that I don't know. It just it, it and it's kind of dictated in a way my taste in a lot of stuff, or like my again I, was, I spoke about it before my openness to yeah. to trying new things um, and 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 in wrestling and and, and <laughs> yeah. going. oh hey, easy <laughs> easy to I guess. Um but yeah I I I absolutely love it. Like this was genuinely nearly higher up, but. I think I think my my top three stand alone, but yeah, this is this is it's such a such a cool match and such a I, I genuinely think it's like because it's kind of a similar di- dynamic to like Ray and Eddie because it's obviously a mask match involved in it, but it's just so so much more and like it's so interesting to see how much a mask means to a Japanese wrestler, mm-hmm. like and that's what I love. Like is this thing that in Toramon it wasn't just like oh this is a cool little gimmick so we're different. Like they they bought into that like culture and that history of yeah. what it meant. Plus, if you treat something as it's imp- as if it's important, yeah, then people will respond to it as if it's important. If you treat it like it means, it's like when Vince Russo did that thing about how championships are just props. Yeah, well, you're right, but if you treat them like they're worthless, they'll become worthless. The person who loses the mask, and I won't, I won't say who it is. They, they they actually cry and their their faction members cry, and it's legitimate as well. Like they are legitimately crying, and I'm like, woof. That's crazy, you know. Um, it's great. Check it out, man. Right, we've got to the top three. We've still not stepped over anybody. I think this is where we step. So, um, Kenta's bad fur day. <laughs> that is rotten, but I like it. That's the, the hallmark of a good pun. Right? Is that you should you should hurt, but go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so shit. Um, <laughs> so, my number three. Um, I don't think any of my top three should be surprised that anyone has listened to Tuesday Night Joel for any period mm-hmm. of time. Number three, Royal Rumble 2000, Madison Square Garden, Triple H versus Cactus Jack Street Fights, which is, um, I think, the best match of both those men's careers. That's a bold statement. And I, I and they're two people I genuinely like. Are you going to get um, Triple H on the other arm for balance? No. Um, you can make uh, them kiss. But... That match is unbelievably good. Um, desperately wanted Mick to win that match. Like, mm. you wouldn't believe um, 
it hurt my feelings massively when he didn't win. It made, <laughs> only made me ha- hate Triple H at the time more, which was the entire point of the match. Um, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, I wish they hadn't done the follow-up match the next month. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. He didn't need it. Also, Mick didn't need to appear at WrestleMania that year. Mm-hmm. Like, it, no. There's hindsight's twenty twenty. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. If that if it left it there, oh my god. Uh, but um, and you know, there's other Triple H matches. I there's other uh, Mick Foley matches I genuinely, genuinely love. Um, there's other Triple H matches that I've mentioned on this podcast before, in particular his um, unsanctioned match with uh, Shawn Michaels. Yes, at right. SummerSlam. Um, but yeah, um, I love that match. So I love that match. So the fingers out. My number three. It's Triple H versus Cactus Jack at Royal Rumble yes. 2000. Um, because... This isn't the same place. That's yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because, like, I agree. Like, Should everything. I leave you two together? No, 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 no. He's, this... he's open to trying new things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to wear a mask, though. Yeah, um, cry at you, Yes. Oh, wow. I do. We had such a sensible episode, and then, bam, there it is. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I agree with everything you said. Like, But this was... Cause this this pay per view is funny because it's like the one that everyone seems to remember because it was on Channel Four over here and we all absolutely and I, I, on video because I, yeah. I could record it in my own bedroom yeah and that's the same this is the first this is the first WWE show I ever owned like my own VHS I didn't borrow off someone and I just fell in love with this match like the promo package like the story of it do you know like the, do you know what the story kind of reminds me of it's like a western. Yeah, it is like I, d- I don't know if that kind of makes sense. Like no, it this, does. it does. It makes sense. It's it's as well. It's and Mick talks about this in his book where he talks about the build up for the match. How important it was that Triple H responded to him becoming Cactus Jack. Yeah, like like it made a difference. We've had and and I'm going to take a wild guess. I'm not going to say who and I'm not going to say when, but I have had wrestlers at Future Shock that I brought in respond to something in a way with humour. Rather than taking it mm-hmm. seriously, and at that point, I have I have given done. wrestlers direction before uh, by saying basically um, I'll give you an example of it. The one time I, I did it was in Brixton, where I said to Marty, uh, Marty Scar, I said when when Jimmy Havoc's music hits and he comes out, you need to react like Triple H reacted to seeing Cactus Jack, yeah. and Marty went, got you, perfect, and yeah, his yeah. reaction is perfect for that reason. Exactly, because that is that is it should be the be all and, and and don't forget. Uh, there's twice that Triple H feuded with Cactus Jack because he was yeah, with yeah. him in 1997 Seven, um, uh, where they had a fantastic street fight at Madison Square Garden I believe yeah. um, um, where I think it was the first time I'd ever I'd ever at the time seen someone in WWE being piled driven through tables oh, and yeah. it, was like, yeah. it was nuts and um, and the first time he reacts to it he reacts to it in that way of Oh my god, holy shit. And that's before the, the real legend of Cactus Jack had been built up in WWE yeah. audience terms. Oh yeah. So this time, by the time two thousand rolls around, it is literally just a case of And that's that's shit. why I think the promo package is so important because again, this is some some someone like me, I didn't know who Cactus Jack was. Mm. And then I saw who Cactus Jack was. And another point of this, I think this is probably the peak of JR in WWE. The way he yes. sells this match is phenomenal, and like and and, and Lola as well. I will give him one hundred percent credit, but it just seems to be everything about this match just seems to be. Don't forget as well, like six months before this, so a, a year before Mick was WWE champion. Yeah, yeah. Six months before this, Mick was in a mid card feud with Val Venus. Like, yeah, oh, and, and 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 hurting and out of shape. Yeah. Um, you would not know that 
to yeah. see this. Only two or three months before, he was not in shape. Mm-hmm. And to get to this level and then be able to do this one last push is... It's incorrect. also worth remembering as well that the importance of the, the generation before you to make the generation that follows is that Triple H was still kind of not made yeah. as yeah. a champion at this point because he'd, he'd turned the year before at WrestleMania. He didn't win it at SummerSlam and he'd, there'd been an awful lot of, come on, Come on, everyone react to Mm. this guy. He'd won the belt. He lost the big show. He won it back. And this was the time where everyone went, you know what? Without a doubt, this is where you belong. Yeah. Mm. So Triple H would not be where he was going into WrestleMania. He wouldn't have had the credibility going to WrestleMania had he not had those matches leading up to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So we've done both our number threes. What's your number three? My number three... Is from 2011. Ooh. Money in the Bank, and it is John Cena versus CM Punk. Which is a ridiculously wonderful match. It is. And again, it's that when a match comes along, is both brilliant. It was at a time when, quite frankly, it felt like WWE was sort of treading water. They'd just come out of WrestleMania that year, which was... Uh, you know, it, it was a it, again. No one. If you were to say, "Do you know what WrestleMania 27 is my favorite one?" You'd probably get backhanded and told the ways outside until you thought properly about your life, because even even with the most rose tinted glasses, that's when you go. Oh, should we just skip this? Because there's there's nothing on there that's brilliant. There's some stuff that's okay, but overall it just didn't. And that was at the point where we went, oh, "What's what's going on?" It just feels like. Treading water. It felt like a chore. Mm. And then all of a sudden, Punk just hit that switch. Yeah. And at that point, we became the hottest thing in wrestling. And the match it's, where you want someone to win. Doing exactly the same thing he did in Ring of Honor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, the, more, the more, you know, it comes and goes in circles. But you can't buy into it. I mean, a couple of things. First of all, this was, this was proof that the best matches are where we want someone to win and someone to lose. And genuine uncertainty about the outcome mm. not knowing because or rather we all kind of knew Cena was going to win but we all wanted Punk to yeah we I all think that, kind of knew like when I watched that I watched that match live on, on the TV so did I yeah. and, and yeah. when I think I, I, I think I watched it with Briley actually mm-hmm. and when and most people are probably aware Punk is one of my favourite wrestlers ever and when Punk won, I genuinely just stared open mouthed yeah. at the television. Up until this point, it's the best atmosphere a, 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 a mainstream WWE show, I think, ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And the just Punk's sincere. Entrance. It's yeah. sincerity. No one's there going. Let's be clever. Let's let's. There's no detachment. There is real investment. And and also Cena's Cena's role in this, which is to come out, try and be a babyface. But have twenty thousand people in the Allstate Arena hate him. Yeah, um, is is a step up from what he did at the um, the one night stand mm. ECW shows. You know where he came out, throws throws his t shirt, someone throws his yeah. t shirt back at yeah. him. Like he'd already been through that, and he's amplified what he did there. Because at no point is he a heel. Neither of them are. They're yeah. like baby faces. Um, neither of them act like heels, 
Um, and there's so many. It's a, it's a New Japan match in some places as well mm-hmm. because it's it's near four, near four, near four, near four, super version of finisher. Mm-hmm. Um, even though there's a couple of missteps in the match in terms of because it, it, it goes on, it's 30, 30 odd minutes long, mm. and there's there's a couple of missteps in the match with people just messing up moves a little bit mm-hmm. and if you're a proper purist you'd look at it and go no it literally doesn't matter no. because that fan the, the fans in, in the crowd at that point would do anything to see Punk win yeah. anything and and it's it, it's the, the tag match I talked about earlier on in Kikuchi's hometown yeah, yeah. that's what the crowd's like there and a Japanese crowd like that is not is not to the level yeah. that a crowd in Chicago, which yeah. is notoriously loud. Yeah. For me, the big, the bigger story here as well is it's also about where you are in your life when you see a film. When you see, yeah, it. yeah. And it was such a for me, it was a wonderful night. It's one of my favourite nights watching wrestling because uh, what used to happen is at the Comedy Store in Manchester, the guy who one of the managers there was a big wrestling fan. We'd all congregate after the doors had shut. He'd put it on the big screen. We'd order a pizza in. We'd we'd have a few drinks and we'd watch it. And I had. My 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 girlfriend at the time with me. I had friends around me, mm. and we watched the whole show. was fantastic. The Money in the Bank matches were fantastic. Yeah, Everything. Yeah. Christian and Randy Orton was fantastic, yeah. and to have it capped off with that, it's one of those ones where I almost get a little emotional mm. looking back at it and going, you know, you have those moments in your life. You go, this is perfect. I and that was one of those moments. I remember showing my wife this on the network and saying. This is what I want crowds to be like. Everything we do, ever, mm-hmm. and it's hard to do. Yeah, <laughs> like it's hard to get people like that. I mean, we saw, and I'm not going to spoil it in case you aren't on social media at all and you don't know what happened at the end of our show on Sunday. Oh yeah, got a, got close. Um, but that that absolutely massive pop is what mm. I live for as a wrestling promoter. Yeah. I want people to either lose their minds and pop for something or lose their minds and want to riot. Sincerity. Like, I, I don't want... Yeah, that's it. I that's don't it. want... I don't want... Oh, that was all right. I want... Holy shit, that's the greatest thing I've ever yeah. seen. I'm delighted. It's, it's, or, or holy shit, I want to kill that motherfucker. It's the opposite of both these guys. It's yeah. not yeah. detachment going well-crafted. It's 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 feeling. Mm. It's not thinking. Yeah. It's not appreciating. It's living in that moment. And, and you, that's that's why I love that so much. You got the right word there in terms of sincerity. And that's why I mentioned Trav and Pete before. Because there was a sincere feeling of, no, we want this guy to win. Yeah. And, and and that's the same with this match. It's 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 fantastic. It, it's pro wrestling. Mm. The most recent five-star match uh, in WWE from Dave Meltzer. And what was, Bloody the, what was the last one before it? Uh, Undertaker Jim versus Dodd Shawn and... Michaels <laughs> um, no, no I don't think he gave it um, we, we might touch on this some other point uh, yeah I, what was it then um, I think and someone will correct me I think the last one before that bear in mind that's in 2011 mm-hmm. the last one before that was in 1997 and was was Austin Hart alright um, I think mm-hmm. um, he's only ever given a couple hashtag Tuesday Night Joe yeah. Um, cool. Thanks, guys. Um, number two. Number two for me again will be of no surprise to anyone who listens to this podcast mm. is from uh, the New Japan G1 Climax 23, day four, <laughs> uh, August the third in Osaka in 2013. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii, Katsuyori Shibata, 13 minutes of two dudes kicking the fuck out of each other. Um, it's it's the match I show people to illustrate why I like wrestling and what I like in wrestling. Um, uh, I must stress um, because obviously sad news as as, as before as mm-hmm. with regards to Shibata and looking like he's probably not going to wrestle again. Um, you know, I I don't want wrestlers to wrestle that way until they get hurt. 
um, and having spoken to William Regal about this, his theory is that it looks stiff as anything, but it isn't. Mm. Which, and I listen to him because you know he's been around wrestling for a he long knows, time and doesn't want it to be real. He wants mm. it to be wrestling. So um, we were talking about this match the other day when we were, we were in the car together, and and I genuinely. Um, I love this match and they've wrestled each other countless times since and I've loved mm. those matches as well I love pretty much anything Ishii or Shibata do but I read about this I read about this getting five stars found it on YouTube when it used before I had New Japan World and it's no longer on YouTube mm. watched it went back watched it again uh, went back again watched it again I watched it three times in a row <laughs> the first time I ever watched it and just went fuck that is the <laughs> best thing um, I remember showing it I think my, my wife's probably seen it four or five times because we'll have mm. friends around and, and they'll go, if, if anyone ever says, wrestling's a bit daft though, I'll go, right, fucking sit there. And I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah. it. It's just when people don't the, come and visit you yes, anymore. Yes, it is. It's, it's the best. It's, and, it, and it's made even better. It's not the G1 final. No. It's yeah. a group match. It's a group match that essentially means nothing. All it means is both those guys... Um, both those guys came through together, um, and the crowd again it, for a Japanese crowd is super super mm. hot. And I think both of them, neither of them are from Osaka, but I think both of them have got ties to Osaka, which makes it even even better. It's brilliant, um, brilliant, and right at the point where you know a couple of years ago was when New Japan just went, we're just gonna have, we're gonna have at least four or five five star matches a year now. Yeah, um, and I love it. And I suppose the only surprise is it's not my number one because I banged on about it so much on this podcast. Yeah, Christopher, your number two. My number two. Um, we are going. I, lo- I love the fact that we're doing the, the the backwards reveals now as well. Yeah, we are going back to two thousand and nine, mm-hmm. WrestleMania twenty five, and I think that's all I have to say really because everyone will know which match I'm talking about: Shawn Michaels versus the Undertaker. Is all right, isn't it? Yeah, you know, if you like that kind of thing. Is it the first or the second one? It's the first one. Yeah, it's the first one. Um, I prefer the second. It's not your moment. Joe. I know, I know. I'm just stand saying. down, stand down. <laughs> share, the, share the spotlight, dude. No, never. No, my podcast. Um, no, <laughs> I think you're fine. No, I'm not, do, I'm not doing it again. I did gain. I did gain one Twitter follower for that. So thank you very much. <laughs> was it him? It was not. No, <laughs> he follows me. I'm just saying. Now, um, H. He probably because he wants to make sure I'm not stood in his spot at Progress from now on. Yes, he does. There we go. Um, Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. The reason I prefer this to the next one, the second one, is because to me it kind of came out of nowhere with no expectations. That's in that point. I knew it was yeah. going to be a good match. I didn't know it was going to be great. Mm. Uh, truly in the sense of great. Plus, again, as, as a veteran, a lucky veteran of WrestleMania trips, I was seven rows back on this at ringside. I, I was at... When I went buy went to buy my ticket for WrestleMania, I went to buy one of the cheapest ones. They'd sold out. Next cheapest is sold out. I went, I'll just... All right, this is a waste of time. I'll start at the other end and work through till I get to the cheap one I can afford. One seat was left at ringside. $750. I typed in my credit card number so fast in case I changed my mind. <laughs> and then was scared as a 30-something-year-old man to tell my parents what I had done. Um... And I still have I still have that chair. I managed to get signed by Shawn Michaels. It's not good for sitting on, but it looks pretty. Yeah. And and it's it's I didn't expect it to be amazing. I expect it to be good. Mm. But to be in that I can even feel it now. I can I can see where it was, the big star over the over the entranceway, that when Shawn Michaels um descended, when when The Undertaker came out, 
when when people are losing their minds. And in particular, it comes down to one moment. And again, wrestling is all that moment, which is when Shawn Michaels kicked out of the tombstone. Mm. And I was there on my own, because I'm a winner. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm, 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 I'm not particularly socially apt. No. Apt? Is that a word? No, I'm, I'm inept, but I'm not socially apt yeah. now, right? But but then I was more so in in twenty uh, two thousand and nine, right? And I didn't talk to anyone around me. I didn't. But when that happened, I was high fiving and hugging strangers. We were jumping up and down, <laughs> literally jumping up and down with excitement. And the noise, it wasn't even it it was it wasn't even like you heard it. You felt it. It was in your head, in yeah. your chest, and. Being there amplified that mm. to the point that I will never ever forget it. To the point that I don't want to watch it. Yeah. To the point that I think I may have yeah. watched it half back, but I don't want to watch it back because to me it's kind of like almost a perfect experience, yeah. and I don't ever want to remember it as anything other than me just going. If 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 suddenly the rapture happened and it turns out the good Lord takes me now, fine, and you know, sure, Michael's give me a quick told you so. Uh, yeah. By the way, past, mm-hmm. but yeah, it for me in terms of big, marquee events, in terms of huge matches, it does not get any better than that. Yeah, good call. That's actually um, the match that got your housemate into wrestling, you know. Oh, oh, Stevie. Yeah, that's that's that's. She loves Shawn Michaels, and she only lo- loves. Well, she doesn't only love, but she only ever saw that Shawn Michaels. She never saw ninety Shawn Michaels, <laughs> which I love. I love. What's your number two, mate? Uh, my number two is, I guess, slightly a little bit hipstery, I guess. Uh, it is. So, we'll be, we'll be the judge of that so this is the one that I was kind of like, I know if you put a gun to my head, I have to choose one, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's two matches, technically. It is Dean Ambrose versus William Regal from FCW TV 162, and uh, the other match is from 197. Uh, again, like my top, so my top two, my top two matches are the reason why I'm still in wrestling. Right. Top one is, I'll explain when I get to number one, but this one was... I'm going to let you go straight from this one into your number one. Okay, cool. Right. All right. So like this match was like when I was coming back into wrestling, right. I took a very big sabbatical of probably about three years where I just didn't watch wrestling. I actually moved away, uh, moved to the other side of the country um, and, and and just buried my head in the sand. So these matches were one eye. Uh, uh, worse. No. I moved to Reading. Really? Yep. Uh, I know, mate. Oh, it's a bad time. Uh, <laughs> You've been affected by living in Reading. Oh, don't, mate. You will get oh, your man. Twitter will be blown up. Last Friday, uh, no, a couple of Fridays ago, Matt came with me to a gig, and one of the other acts on was was this uh, American woman from yeah. Brooklyn who said, "Anyway, I moved to England, and now I live in Reading." And I could just hear Matt just reaching out to him, going, "I'm so sorry." Yeah, I actually said it to her after the gig. But yeah, so this, these these matches were like when I was starting to get back into wrestling. And again, like I didn't have a clue who John Moxley was. And yeah. I kind of got, I think I recommended this. And this was when like FCW was on, on YouTube. 
because you couldn't get FCW at the time because there was no network. This was pre, obviously, this was the pre NXT sort of phase. So like, I just ended up sort of like someone be like, you need to check this like Dean Ambrose get out. Like he's just incredible, and I just I I love I love all the build up to it. Like the little segment where, and this sounds ridiculous if you haven't seen it, where they're having the psychiatrist come in and do the tests and Dean Ambrose, the one that's getting analyzed. And it's the one where Regal's already in the room. And like, there's this standoff between him and Ambrose and Regal just looks at him in the, it looks him in the face and puts his hands in his pocket and goes, good things come to those who wait. And then he pauses, looks at him, and then just starts going, fly me to the moon, and just walks off. It's just like, it's fucking brilliant. It's it's just such incredible storytelling. And then the matches themselves are phenomenal. Like, the first match is this, this kid who's obsessed, just obsessed about Regal, and, like, almost this really twisted relationship of, like, this is the dad that, like, he represents everything that, that his dad was and hates him he hates him because he is the the physical thing that was his father and then regal has this weird connection to him because he is ambrose like he was ambrose and regal is full of remorse and all the hideous and horrendous things he's ever done in his life and then they have this match and it's this fucking amazing match of just Regal brutalizing Ambrose doing stuff to Ambrose I have never seen another wrestler do and it's sick it is it's sick and he beats him and and you think fuck that's it it's done it's not this thing goes on for nearly a year and it just this it gets embedded in Ambrose's head and he becomes obsessed like he has to beat William Regal he has to beat him it leads to it they have this rematch that goes to a no a no contest because fucking Ambrose makes Regal bleed from the ear that like but he's bleeding from the ear i had a conversation with Regal about bleeding from the ear yeah the um, this match came up. Yeah, I love it. Like the whole second match is about Ambrose just beating the shit out of Regal, so his in- equilibrium Regal can't stand, but he doesn't quit. And it's this amazing storyline that 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 kind of was never finished, but was in a in this brilliant way. In the sense of like Ambrose went away from this and was just fucking damaged from it just damaged from it and then like if you want to like really really connect things like obviously regal had the feud with casazono um but it's it's almost the match with cesaro that he has which is very similar to the match he has with with ambrose but it's the promo from regal that that like just stuck with me and that like this cesaro match because i understood what he went through with ambrose and he's the acceptance of this this is his end Hmm. And what a brilliant way to go out to the ultimate competitor. And like this, this is genuinely why I adore William Regal. This, this, this period, it's not 98 Regal. It's not, you know, comedy stuff. And like, don't get me wrong. I loved him and Shajira and stuff like this, but like no one has ever made me feel that raw emotion and that connection to a storyline like that, because it just, it's just so real and like I believed it even though I know it's not real, if that makes sense. It was just it's just fucking amazing. I so, love it. I'm sold. So 
That's your number two. What's your number one? My number one is John Cena versus CM Punk from Money in the Bank. My number one is John Cena versus CM <laughs> yeah. Punk from Money in the Bank. And in case um, you're wondering, yes, I was the kid that broke other people's toys. <laughs> um, I don't mind because we already uh-huh. spoke about it, but but it it got. I, I think I probably watched this match once or twice a year. Yeah, and it's it's everything that I like in in wrestling. In that it's it's there's a story there, there's psychology there, mm. there's still cool moves there because I don't like it when people go oh, wrestling is all about psychology and storytelling and then proceed to do nothing in the ring mm-hmm. because I still want to see some I want to see some athletic competition. It's the match that made me go from being dickhead smarky fan around Cena's dreadful at everything to going hang on a minute Cena's been in probably a dozen of the best matches I've ever, I will ever see in my life. Yeah. Because he's absolutely brilliant, is obsessed with wrestling, and is is a star, and doesn't complain when WWE say to him, "By the way, you're losing to the guy who's not even going to appear on television for the next couple of months." Well, it ended up, ended up being a month, but everything about this, the, the, the feud leading into it, uh, which wasn't, you know, it wasn't a feud between Punk and Cena, really. No. It was a feud between Punk and the rest of the fucking world, <laughs> um, and everything leading into it. The reaction at the end of it of just fuck the way they dealt with it for two or three weeks after it of just having him with the belt, oh. taking photos. Um, it was a shame they bought. In hindsight, it was a shame they bought him back only after about a month. But they bought him back with his old Ring of Honor music, and yeah. that blew my mind as well. It's just it, it's it's the best. And it, when people knock WWE and say that it doesn't have matches as good as New Japan, or, yeah, or the Indies, just show them this, yeah, because. That is a match on the biggest possible stage. And not everyone can wrestle to that ability in front of that many people. Wrestling in front of 700 people at Progress is hard, right? Wrestling in front of 20,000 people in the All-State Arena and telling that story is fucking virtually impossible. And, and, you're, not, and you're not just wrestling in front of 700 people who love wrestling hmm. and will forgive everything yeah. and will watch everything. Yeah, you're You're wrestling in front of people who... Will will either come and see you or see football or hockey or yeah. or or go and watch Avengers. You know, you're 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 in that space, and to be able to include everyone, and bring everyone that ride. So, like, I have like, like, like I said about like this is the, the reason why I'm still in wrestling, and like, it's quite a heavy story. So I apologise, like, because I'm usually the dickhead on this fucking keep, podcast. Keep but it light, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all right, cool. No, 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 that's fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll try my best, but like. This so I was saying like I I I quit wrestling like when I was like twenty twenty one like I fucking hated it like I just it like broke me down and like really just made me miserable and and I quit and that's the reason why I quit being a wrestler and I quit wanting to be around it and 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 and, and left I left Manchester I left Northwest and I moved down to Reading and just ran away from it all and I got a text message from from my friend really good friend Sam Bailey who was like yo dude you need to check what this this CM Punk guy's doing out man he's like this is fucking amazing and then sent me the link to Punk doing the whole hey Colt Cabana and I was like what the fuck is this and like I um (laughs) I actually got like Sky Sports on my Xbox Live on my 360 at the time which was probably like fucking 20 quid for a night because it was really expensive and I just sat there and I watched this match and and it just blew my mind it just it just it just completely just took me off guard i never thought that was going to happen and it hooked me but also like it reminded me of like why i loved wrestling 
and like it really made me sort of um miss my friends and like oh a year later well maybe a bit less than a year later we lost you know someone that we grew up with in uh Oh, excuse me. We grew up with wrestling. Our friend Dom Travis, who unfortunately passed away, committed suicide, and, and like it was at that point where, like, I came back and I just I missed my family, and and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be here right now doing everything that I'm doing if it wasn't for this match. And my friends and and you know I'm a fucking idiot. This <laughs> is me, but like you know, like wrestling's everything to me, and 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 this was the start of it. So like you know, to have an opportunity to just share a little bit with you and like tell you a little bit about it and and say how important something. It doesn't have to be wrestling or. Or anything in your life, it's just it just shows that you can have a moment and 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 it just reminds you of just how important something is. So I, I said this at the end of our show on Sunday. Like I I get genuinely emotional at every progress show, and people think it's an act, and it's not. An yeah. Act. Like I've had like I, I love, properly love wrestling. Like if I didn't if I didn't have wrestling, I just had comedy. Right. My my bless it, my wife would have to put up with a hell of a lot more of me of me being miserable. Than she currently does. Do you know what I mean? I, that it's my thing I do once every couple of weeks that cheers me up and I do it with my mates and I see other mates. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm mates with you, Matt, because of wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And for all of us taking the piss out of each other. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm mates with Chris because of wrestling and comedy, but. It was wrestling that pushed us over the top, wasn't it? You know, I'm friends with lots of people in comedy. All my best friends in comedy are people who like wrestling. And I was always an odd kid. I was an odd kid who liked wrestling. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't a popular kid, and and you know to now do something really cool, which is be around wrestling. People go, oh, you're quite cool. no, I'm not. I'm, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot <laughs> who, who, who's got to do something cool because I've landed on my feet. And but the genuine emotion that like John John cries at nearly every every big thing yeah. we're doing progress shows now because it between the three of us, you know, it's it's given us this this focus and this. This different outlook on life. I tweeted a picture of me sat. Uh, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I tweeted a picture of me sat in the ring, and the reason I sat in the ring the other day was partly to do a terrible impression of Alistair Black, and partly, <laughs> and partly because I was worn out. I, yeah, we had, yeah, we yeah. had a show with a, bit, a big, a big yeah. high at the end of it, and my wife and my son had been at the show, and and my missus hadn't come to a show for a long time, and and it just it just got to me, and yeah. and wrestling's a, a really powerful. I get. Um, now, I've told you this before, Matt. I get mm. uh, one or two emails or direct messages on Twitter every week from people saying, thanks for what you guys do, mm. because it's made a difference. And wrestling can do that. And sometimes it's just one thing. Like, this match with you, getting you back into it, and then cool stuff happening with you, yeah, it's man. brilliant. Which yeah. makes me like the match even more now. Because <laughs> if that hadn't happened, you wouldn't have moved back up here. Yeah, you probably yeah. wouldn't be mates. No, so it's an even more of a reason for that match to be to be brilliant. And you know, and we appreciate you sharing the story, mate. So uh, you're all right. Um, but yeah, I still fucking hate you though. So uh... you don't. <laughs> um, I'll make some toast afterwards. To you um, uh, but but no, and and this is you know we we 
because we are good mates and we do chat yeah, to each other no, and no, stuff no. like that. And, and it's, but it's, I had no idea that match meant that much to you. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. That you can never underestimate the impact a moment can have on someone's life. Mm. And it could be something as simple as a little act of kindness, you know, from, from, from one moment that just makes you go, you know what? If that's okay, then everything can yeah. be okay. Yeah. Everything yeah. can be better. And for for all the silliness of pro wrestling and the fact that at heart it's a ridiculous thing, it gives everyone, what, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, yeah. an hour, two, three hours to just shut out everything else and go, you know what, this makes me feel happy. This makes me feel excited. It gives me an outlet to jump up and down and shout and yell. Mm. And it's also means the world because because you know with without sort of going too much into what i'm doing with the whole mental health awareness yeah. month we've all had our own adventures with the head fuckery <laughs> of, of oh, chemicals God, yeah. highs and lows and life experiences and sometimes all it takes is a couple of nice moments to go you know what it's not bad if that can happen and having these memories and having these moments can mean the world mm. and yeah it's 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 not why we do it it's not why you no. get out of bed and do it, but it's kind of nice when it does. It makes it means the world. Mm. I, I I I totally agree with you, and it's like I I certainly know that when I was so when I was a teenager, which is before I was diagnosed with the various forms of depression and anxiety that I suffer from, and I'm very public about. Mm-hmm. Like wrestling was the thing I locked myself in my room and did. Yeah. When I quit drinking, one of the things I did. There's two things I loved when I was a teenager. Um, apart from drinking and drugs, um, but when I decided at twenty to, um, which was in nineteen ninety eight, which was when I got back into wrestling again, um, and it's no coincidence. It's because I instead of going out and being stupid, I would stay at home and I would play video games and I'd watch wrestling. Mm-hmm. And they're things that I still do now. The thing I do to unwind, I'm currently having sleep therapy at the minute to help me sleep, and I've actually had a sleep therapist say to me, "What what do you what do you do to relax?" And I've gone. I don't like. I, I'm too busy. <laughs> so, but you must do something when you're at home. Like a lot of people, did you have a glass of wine? Or I don't drink. She went, oh, what are you doing? I went, well, I watch. I watch wrestling, and wrestling doesn't fit. Watching wrestling doesn't feel like a job. I don't watch stand-up comedy. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a job. Wrestling still doesn't feel like my job, yeah. even though it kind of is my job now. Yeah. You know, I do this. I, I religiously try and put this podcast out every week, and I spend most of my time thinking about wrestling and writing wrestling. But wrestling isn't a job. Wrestling's still my hobby, and I still love it. And I can sit and watch WWE Network or or, uh, or New Japan World or, or whatever, or Blu-rays or DVDs or whatever, and it cheers me up. I can sit and play a video game for a couple of hours, it cheers me up. You know, they're, they're things that I still do now that have copied over from what I did when I was a teenager. And there was certainly, there was a brief period when I was, maybe when I first quit drinking, when I thought I might be a wrestler. Right, I, and I wanted to go to America and I wanted to train because I didn't think you could train in this country. Uh, so I wanted to I wanted to go to America and I wanted to train to be a wrestler. And, and the things that used to make me feel invincible, I was talking to James Drake about this, there's little things that used to make me feel invincible. Um, and one thing was music. Um, uh, and watching certain music videos would always make me go, ooh, but then watching wrestling was the, felt like that next step and something that was achievable. And I, I always think it, it's wrestling has much more power to bring people together than people realise. I had three or four different people come to me and say, I've been having a really hard time recently. I really needed this show on yeah. Sunday. And I don't think as promoters we can ever lose sight of how important that is. Because, yes, we do make money out of the shows. And, of and course, it, yeah. You know, it is a business and it's a successful business. But at the core of it, it is still, I want to make, send people away 
thinking, I want to come and do that again. Well, it's, it was born out of love. It was, I want to do this because it'll be great. And then that, that continues. And if the difference between the companies that are born out of passion and the ones that are born, shall we say, somewhat more cynically, mm-hmm. is that the ones that are born out of passion endure. Yeah. And the ones that are born out of cynicism do not. Yes. Because yeah. people know. Yeah. And you've got to be... A, mental, to the point of obsessive to the point of mental to get past the early days. Yeah. And two, you have that love has to show through your product, through through what you're creating. Because mm. if it doesn't, people see the gaps. They just see... And it isn't just the people watching, it's the people doing it. If you're... There are guys who, do, who work for Progress, guys who work for Future Shock, who do it because... They want that to be a place where, because it means something to them, because they love it, because they they have good memories there. They because it because they get to be themselves and express themselves and 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 do the, um, commit their art to the canvas of the world in a way that you don't get elsewhere. And and that that again that comes back to that. It's how long have we gone without some sort of knob joke? Because I'm starting to feel yeah, I am. I'm, I'm, worried, I am I'm, I'm worried that we're being really serious now. Um, yeah. I mean. I mean, I threw in a toast reference, but the, I mean, I mean and it was more out of fear. I mean, right? and yeah, you've right. also got like some gluten-free bread you showed us. So I mean, mm-hmm. that is almost quite a nice gesture. Um, I will. I'll make you a little the, the bit thing, of gluten-free toast, mate. <laughs> but during during, my, I mean, obviously, my, it, listening to you talking about that, your emotional connection to that match, and it tells me about where you were, and and what you went through, and one thing stuck in my head throughout all of that when you were genuinely feeling overwhelmed by emotion I have to follow this cunt <laughs> <laughs> yeah because we're done now and you're the yeah, you're I, well, oh. you know what oh, here's a match I really liked well fuck you <laughs> I'm so sorry fuck you and your we'll edit it we'll edit it out I'm sorry we're not editing it out I'm going to enhance it Christopher what's your number one Okay, my number one is uh, also John Cena <laughs> twice. Um, it's also Jay Lethal's favourite match. Is it? Oh, I think I know what it is. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know what that noise was. <laughs> it sounded like a racist. street fighter sound. Of yeah, it was great. Hello, Ken. Kabashi. Now, um, what? Oh, my head. Oh, what? Come on. You know um, My number one. It is. 1992, right? WrestleMania 8, Bret Hitman Hart versus Rowdy Roddy Piper. Nice. That is nice. my favourite match of all time. It's a good match. It's a great match. It is. It, it's. And this is someone who, you know, it didn't, it didn't come near my list, but I still appreciate the match. Yeah. I appreciate the, the finish of the match in particular is wonderful. Um,. That's the one where they were told not to bleed and they bled, right? Oh, it was an accident. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Here's the here's the situation, right? So let's and again, it comes back to where you were and 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 how you were. So so 1992, I was what 15 going on 16, probably 15. I was just about to turn 16 at this point, and and rudderless, didn't know what about anything, didn't know what I was doing in life. Wasn't, just, wasn't rudderless though, was he? <laughs> and we're back. Yeah, and we're back we as the dickheads that we were before. 
before we were revealed, we all actually liked each other. Sorry, guys. Fuck the normal. Kayfabe, you bellends. <laughs> now, um, so, it, and I, I just sort of found pro wrestling. So I started to watch bits and pieces. This was the first time I'd watched, like, a full show. Sure. And I, I mentioned this, I think, on the podcast before, recorded off Sky Movies on VHS nice. with the ad breaks on a tape that I since I watched and watched till it was probably worn thin. Um, but for me, Roddy Piper and Bret Hart was, was like the start of an, an era for me because one of the first things my mate Steve, hello Steve, if you're listening. Um, Steve up. Steve Roster, good man. Because, um, again, I didn't have loads of friends who liked wrestling at school. It was me, it was Steve, that was it, really. Mm. And a couple of others who dabbled a bit. But that was the point where he said, on one of the first tapes I saw, he said, oh, this is Bret Hart, you'll like him, he's Canadian too. Because that's how it works, yes, apparently. It um, Technically, Roddy Piper also. Well, obviously, but yeah. no. No, stop it. Winnipeg, just out of Glasgow. <laughs> now, um, and this was the one where I, I, I've, I hadn't watched the matches, but I'd followed the results. I was a little bit disappointed that the Mountie had lost the belt to, to, to Roddy because I liked the Mountie. That's a great sentence. You know, I was really gutted. I thought, <laughs> great, the Mountie. He's going to do... I, I like the Mountie. Surely he'll be valiant. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Handsome, this brave, company based? handsome brave and strong, as it turns out. Um, so it... It led to this, it was weird because it was face-face. And this was 1992. And this didn't ever happen back then. It was all very clearly good and bad. But there was a reason. This was Bret Hart lost the title, never got his rematch. So they were going to have, and this is without me knowing the backstory. And watching the promo beforehand and seeing Roddy Piper. Now Steve was a big Roddy Piper fan and I was a big Bret Hart fan. So we had that, even though we didn't watch it at the same time, we had that little divide, right? Mm. And... It was, this is something that will come back, I'll come back to it a little bit later, but the match itself, to me, was brilliant, because it was the brawler versus the technician, it was a clash of styles, it's like the Will Ospreay, Matt Riddle match, was one of my favourites yeah. from last year, because it's two different styles, and it was... Also goes with that first, first uh, strike thing that you were talking about yeah. earlier on, because... I'm still saying Matt Riddle when you hear knee on face. Yeah. Um, so yes. Yeah. So he's um so it was it was basically they start and Rod's the veteran, he was belittling him in the promo beforehand. I didn't know at the time that all of that stuff was true. That it was genuinely true that Brett Roddy Piper was taken in by the hearts, that he was mm. in Canada, that he had this history of them going back years and years and years and years. Um, I also didn't appreciate that Roddy Piper was one of the most hated men in wrestling until only like a couple of years previously. And Bret Hart was on the third. He'd just become a singles guy. And he was still kind of scrabbling a little bit. I didn't know that Roddy Piper hadn't ever lost in WWE. So if I knew all that, I'd go, well, Bret's fucked, isn't he? (laughs) You know, so Bret was very much the underdog. And the match starts and Bret Hart was better than Roddy. That's the story. He out wrestled mm. him. He absolutely wrestled him in circles. Didn't do loads, but he out wrestled him. And the point where he counters the hammerlock by running Roddy out the ring, and Rod oh. comes back in and spits on him, and then just goes, "Okay, calm yeah. down," because it's like the old Roddy's coming out, and he's been watching views, going, "Oh fuck, shit's getting real." And then first time I've ever seen blood in a wrestling match. And really? then, yeah, I just. It blew my mind. I mean, they, it, it, and then all the stuff where Rod just went right. I'm just going to beat the shit out of him. And the bell, the ring bell, the moment where the ref went down, yeah. Roddy grabbed the ring bell, and again, sincerity, connection. 
atta- no no detachment. You could hear people nowadays. If anyone goes into the ring with a weapon, if you take a chainsaw in the ring, there will be people around going, "Kill him!" <laughs> chainsaw him, right? Kill him. You know, um, people were going. Don't people were begging him, "Don't do it! Yeah. Don't do it! Please don't use it." Uh, Bobby here is going, "Do it! Do it! Kill him!" You know what you're saying? What the hell? Use a bell, you know? And and he went, okay. And I knew in my head at that time, in my limited, if he hits him with that bell, he's going to become a bad guy. Mm. He's turning. He's becoming a bad guy at this point. And he just went, threw the bell aside, put the sleeper on. Because of his compassion, then that led to the finish, the roll-up, he lost the match. Mm. And there was that moment afterwards where, all right, raise his hand. And that, people will forget how important that was in making Bret Hart. Mm. Much like Cactus Jack did with Triple H. And as someone who was new to pro wrestling, that was amazing. That was yeah. one of the. That's still. I'll probably watch, should we say, better matches mm. in the sense of more moves, like you yeah. said, or a louder crowd. And because it, it, it was ninety two, it was kind of during the. Let's not mention steroids <laughs> era of pro wrestling, and so it wasn't at the hottest. But for me, that's that's the one where I kind of went from being quite let's to. I'm obsessed to the point, I'll be talking about this with two dickheads in 25 years <laughs> in a house in Wales. Yeah. No. Um, just to add in my colleagues' mm-hmm. uh, top three. Um, so, uh, John Briley's, uh, well, his top three in no particular order, uh, was Punk Cena, Money in the Bank, 2011. Correct. Did he cry? Uh, uh, I don't know. Um, uh, Kota Ibushi... Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura from Wrestle Kingdom 9. All right, I yeah, think. cool, cool, cool. Uh, and TLC from WrestleMania Good man. 7. Good man. Mm-hmm. Um, Glenn's are. Um, <gasps> Reverse Battle Royal. No. Ah! Oh, your moment, Glenn. Um, he, he initially put Punk Cena Money in the Bank, but then changed his mind and said uh, Punk versus Austin Aries, Death by Dishonor 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin versus Brett WrestleMania 13 and Goldberg versus Hogan from Nitro when Goldberg wins the title. Nice, oh. yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, which illustrates the three of us are very different in our outlooks on wrestling, but equally not a million miles apart. No. So, um, it's good that I mean we want I want you to do your lists um, just because I genuinely uh, don't forget the rules. The rules are no two wrestlers can be no wrestler can be in the list twice. Uh, you can't use uh, two matches from the same show, although this is giving you the scope of pretty much the entire history of wrestling. <laughs> if you choose two two matches off the same show, you need professional help. Um, uh, but tweet, write them in your notepad on your phone or write them down longhand and then take a photo of it and tweet me the picture. It's easier than trying to get them all in a tweet. And uh, at Jim Smallman, hashtag Tuesday Night Joe. Be prepared for it to be harder than you think right now. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's hard. It's not It's not the easiest. Um but no, do that because I genuinely, um, I genuinely like to know where you're all at with yours um, and see if there's any proper left of centre number ones. Do you think... know what? I'd also be interested to hear if there's people who have a story about how a match is more to them than just the match itself. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, I think that's that's a very that's a very cool thing to to talk about. So if that is also the case, where there's a match that uh, yeah is is. It's a great match, but it means way more to you than just the the half an hour in the ring and the promos leading up to it. If someone out there 
if your life was saved by the Doomsday Cage match with <laughs> <laughs> Randy Savage, it wasn't. Um, uh, but yeah, again, at Jibsmore on hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw. Um, uh, a couple of little plugs to wrap things up. Um, Matthew, where are you on Twitter? I am M Richards host, uh, and this week I'll be listening to The Cure Boys Don't Cry. So tweet oh, for out. God's sake, stop being daft. Um, uh, and um, I am you, Christopher Brooker Man. Yes. And this week I'll be mostly listening to my insides try to digest the Chinese food from last night. Nice. Um, I'm at Jim Smallman, uh, jimsmallman.com uh, slash TNJ to point people at this website, uh, at this podcast rather. Um, do please, you know, rate and review it and recommend it to people and more listeners it gets, the cooler. Um, I am genuinely going to have merchandise within the month. Um, for you oh, to buy. Oh, we can talk percentages and shit. Uh, yeah, I, I reckon that. so. Yeah. I reckon um, so. You know, I One like of them is just a picture of uh, Matt Richards being hit with a loaf of bread, um, <laughs> drawn in a manga style. Um, <laughs> Amazing. It's not. Um, oh, so you know when Martina comes out, you get glow sticks. Can we hand out bread sticks? Yes, one thousand <laughs> percent. Um, so. Um, so yeah, so I'm going to be doing that, um, and again, uh, don't forget noon tomorrow. Um, so in about by the time this goes up, in about twelve hours' time, uh, we're making a bit of an announcement um, about our show in September. Uh, so check that out via this is underscore progress on Twitter or progresswrestling.com um, or any of our other social media channels. Obviously, support the Distraction Pieces Network because it's great, um, and all the various podcasts on that. Um, we're all going to bugger off now and make some gluten-free toast. That's what we're going to do. Um, say goodbye, boys. Bye-bye. Do I have to have toast? Mm, you can have just gluten-free bread. Oh. Non-toasted. You've got to eat some of it before you leave. Oh, it's on the goodbye, time. everyone. Goodbye, everybody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.